Rhythm, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD. When we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you got to get geeked up. So sit back, relax, and get comfy. Lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten. Coming straight out of Gotham. Gotham City, welcome to another episode of Straight to Gotham, episode 107. We are a fandom pop culture podcast and a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Make sure you check out all the other great shows on the network by heading on over to BOF, clicking the podcast drop down, and selecting one of the many great shows created by many great people who actually know what they're talking about because in these days and age, there are a lot of frauds out there on the internet. I am one of your co hosts on the other side of the Hudson River. I'm a senior contributor to Batman on Film. I am Peter R. Verite. We're recording on February, February 5th. Uh, 2023. I almost said seventh there, but it's February 5th. And as always, I have a great show for you today. Before I remind, uh, before we get into the good stuff, I'd like to remind you all, our faithful listeners, to take time to rate and review this show on Apple uh, Podcasts, and we read your review. You just won straight and got the prize back. So get to that. Uh, we actually came up with a really, well, Eric did, uh, came up with a very creative and very surprising gift for the next winner. So if you want a little piece of Holzman, a little piece of what I have, then you better be in that contest because you know you want it. Now, we've been talking about him already. Let me introduce my 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 partner in crime, my man, a junior Batman off film contributor, and a man who wrote the book From Michigan to Tampa Bay, the story of Tom Brady and his biggest fan. Ladies and gentlemen, the champion of Long Island, and most likely your biological father, Eric Holzman. Hello there. How are you, Eric? Uh, I'm okay. A little that- bit of a... Uh, and I, when you're writing this book, mm-hmm. are you like competing with the 80 for Brady people? No. No? Are you working with them? No. This is all I, just me. You. Just and you. It's, it's a you and Sally of, Field together. Maybe it's a book of, on, it's more hate than love. Uh, oh, it's one of those relationships. Yeah. Definitely, definitely much more of a, a book about my hatred of Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah. So, that's. And they they had nothing to do with it. I will so you've not... never met Sally Field? No, unfortunately, no. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a cool person to meet. But I've no, I've never met her. Yeah, I mean, especially with your influence. True, she could use a little bit of a boost from me. I think. Yeah. So she could probably know. play, you know, Queen Atlanta in your Aquaman origin film. She probably could. You know, it's not a bad idea. Maybe we can get her a role in Rusty Piers. Maybe Rusty Piers is in product pre-production, so yes, yeah. maybe Rusty Piers is a hit. Very possible. No, it's not even out yet. <laughs> no, I mean everyone was really excited. You know, it was like it was like Kevin Feige stepped out on stage and said, "Oh, the pitch." Here's the next pitch. twenty years of Holzman content, and everyone just went nuts. You're talking about the pitch. I hear you. Yeah, Rusty Piers is a hit. Oh, you know, I try. I I don't do things that I don't think are going to be good. So I have to. And I make sure I vet the process at everything Ooh. first. So, yeah, it's kind of there. You go. It's been an interesting process, though. So we'll we'll let you guys know on the pro, on the um, what's it called? Status. I can't. Yes, that's a good word. Status of the <laughs> of the project. I I what I was out last night and I had a had a, had some beverages. So I, I might be a little beverages. I got a couple numbers. And, tad, uh... tad hungover. Maybe but, uh, a walk of shame involved. We don't know. No, there was none There's of that. Can tell. Unfortunately, there was none of that. You know, Eric, he's modest. So he might have like at least a six way. 
No, uh, a six-way. <laughs> this this show is going off the rails real quick early this week. Even, <laughs> even earlier than others. So well, we, we, let's. You guys we, actually don't see what I'm seeing because uh, Holston's wearing the robe. <laughs> I am wearing the robe. I am <laughs> wearing the robe. I'll just put it that way. But we, let's let's bring our guest on to save the show now because we've totally screwed it up already. So let's let's bring our guest on. Uh, he's a returning champion, actually. He has been here before. Um, he's a contributor to Batman on Film, uh, and he, Chris, come on, because I know you got a new job. I just don't know exactly what it is. So come on, and let's, Chris Burke, everybody, go ahead. So yeah, I've you know I'm BOF contributor. I've now that we've gone a year since I've been on, I've actually broken bread with both of you in person um, at the yes. watch party last year. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I also contribute Acme Packing Company, uh, Packers website. So we're in the middle of stuff right now. <laughs> um, but I also work at, I'm not going to name it, but I do work. I'm also a producer now at one of the TV stations here in Green Bay. So I'm kind of, I mean, definitely not the entertainment industry, but multimedia industry. I definitely I could say at least that part. So, yeah, um, it's been a while. whirlwind year. I was, well, before we came on here, I was talking to Pete that, you know, it's hard to believe that was a year ago now that the Batman's been out and. We were all down yeah. in warm Texas. we're getting ready for the Batman 2. Yeah, it's just kind of crazy how a year goes, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Time really flies. Ha- yeah, it really, I was thinking that the other day. Uh, I was like, wow, it's, it'll be a year in March. It's crazy. That uh, that movie came out, number one. And then, you know, that we all got together for it. Mm-hmm. Javi was sending me pictures. Some of the ones I didn't have from the party. It was a little crazy to just read them. Or see them, but uh, yeah, it's been cool. It's so hard. Chris, yeah, so Chris, thanks for coming on. Uh, we are gonna, well, you know how we do things on the show, so we'll talk about our normal slate of stuff. But since we have you on, and since I'm a Jets fan, and and the whole Aaron Rodgers situation is unfolding, uh, I guess I'll just ask you, what do you think is going to happen? Where do you think he's going to end up, or do you think he's going to stay again? I don't know. Um, this this time of year in Wisconsin is particularly hellish. It's cold. It's gray, and we're on Rogers' watch. It's you know this is this is like our purgatory each year. Um, in terms of the Rogers situation, I think he's he's not. I don't think he's going to be a Green Bay Packer. Whether or not he's not going to be a player for anybody, I don't know. Um, uh, if he's going to end up somewhere right now, the Jets and the Raiders seem to be the clubhouse favorites. Um, there's a lot out there right now too, especially with Sam Barrington, who anybody outside of Packer Phantoms not going to know who he is, put a tweet out this morning. He's a former seventh round pick of the team. I, the people I know that are very close with the situation says Aaron's going to be a Raider. And then Devonte Adams liked the tweet. I mean, this, a lot of this right now just seems to be a lot of media manipulation, so to speak. Like people got played last year by him and his cohorts with Devonte with the last, last dance photo he put up with Michael Jordan. Um, so I, I don't think he's going to be a Packer. I think George, the season of love is about to begin in Green Bay, <laughs> um, especially after the season that did not go as planned. But I don't I think he, you know, I it would be crazy to see him go to the Jets because of what happened with Favre. Um, Eric, I don't know how you feel about that, because, I mean, that's it would be a stopgap solution once again for the Jets because Aaron's going to be 40 at the end of next season. So you're talking about very desperate people here. That doesn't matter. I mean, I. Yeah, if if I was making that move, I'd have to have it. I, it would have to be okay if you come here. It has to be for at least two year two years. Um, that way it's not just one and done like far. Isn't he, and he's far still under contract, right? Yeah, he is. And, he is, but yeah, he he could retire at any point though. 
Yeah, he could retire, and How which I would not he? be shocked if he does. 38, 39? Is he oh, that 39. old? Aaron, Aaron Rodgers yeah. is th- two and a half months exactly younger than I am. Fun okay. fact. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so see, he's yeah, he's up there uh, for football. Sorry, Chris. I'm older than you, though, yep. so it's a heck of a Well, you know. <laughs> It's, but, um, you know, that's how it, yeah. Yeah, but um, the Favre thing was going well until he tore his bicep. Like, that was kind of where yeah. that went off the rails. They were and eating then he three. Wouldn't, then he wouldn't sit because of the streak. So, yeah. Then he, they were eating three. So, I mean, I was, it was uh, working. I was interning at the fan when that was happening. Yeah. So, I also, you got to see the amount, other side of this. Yeah, I got to cut an insane amount of Favre and Mangini tape. Really, oh, I forgot, like, I forgot it was, the Mangini era. It was, yeah, it was a big deal. Uh, like, far, you know, I, I, every, every practice, every press conference, like hours and hours of tape between the two. And Mangini said nothing. So it's a lot like, he's a lot like Belichick, where it's like uh, one word answers and like, you know, no answers. <laughs> so it's like, imagine trying to cut that. <laughs> it's, it's almost impossible. Yeah. yeah. And it was weird. McCarthy was that came, way too. Yeah. And he came right after uh, Mangini came right after Herm Edwards, who talked all the time. Like he yeah. gave tons and tons of <laughs> very stuff. quotable. Yeah, so they went from one to um, one stop. And they to went, the other. Then they went to Rex, right? Yes, was yeah. Rex in between? Was, right yep. after Sexy Rex, so Rex back to the loudmouth. <laughs> yeah, Mangini. Yes, exactly. You went from Edwards to Mangini to Rex, uh, and then now it's just been a host of guys. I don't even yeah. want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, then Eric, I'll, I'll say this too about about Aaron. Just keep in mind for any Jets fan, I, you're 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 on the level. You, I'm not worried about you, but Aaron Rodgers is a Jedi level troll. He knows how to play the media like a harp, and fans especially. Like I just I tweeted this morning. You know, a lot of fans. Oh, what this that. I'm like, he's playing you guys like a fish. You know, just I'd it's, love to see you him know, take on the New York media. I, you know, the the green. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting experience given the platform he's had and the stuff he has said. Mm-hmm. I mean, the media here has challenged him, but it, over there, that would he doesn't like to be challenged, you know, with tough questions. Oh, you know, yeah, they're out to be, get him. But, it's the woke mob. It's you know, they're they're all the cancel culture. They're all out to get me. Kind of a oh, victim he's mindset. Coming yeah. to New York, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just the biggest thing is there's gonna, there's going to be a, pay attention to what he does, not what he says. You know, people are making stuff out of cheers at this golf tournament that he was at. You know, come to the Raiders. He didn't dismiss it. Better write something up and make news of it. That's he's he's getting the attention out of it, and he knows what he's doing. So I just I caution everybody on that. But just to go back to my original point, I don't think he's going to be back in Green Bay, where or if anywhere uh, remains to be seen. Mm. But I I think it's coming to an end here. I really do, and it's it's time. the The Packers are going to need to rebuild. He's owed a shit ton of money, um, and I think you know he's got a lot of money to play for. And I would assume some of that's going to be part of any potential trade in terms of cap relief. Now, but uh, I think is it's Is there no shot, here. Chris, that he goes to the Niners? Didn't he grow up a Niners fan? Was he a huge Niners fan? So he did. He was. Um, is he still bitter about the draft? He's very bitter. Aaron Rodgers holds a grudge like nobody else I've ever seen in professional sports. So there's no way he's, he, he held that. Niners so Mike, no problems. Yeah. Mike there's McCarthy no was the going. offensive coordinator in San Francisco in 2005. And he hung that over McCarthy even in Green Bay while they were winning a Super Bowl. He never let that go. I mean, he's got really? a level of petty that is, um, you know, that I was that why, came I out. Why you know, try to get him fired. <laughs> all that when all well, this nobody really, everybody knew he was petty, but no idea how bad it was until McCarthy got fired and the floodgates opened. We were the Packers were borderline toxic um, for a little oh. bit there. So we, 
So he just I wish him well in New York. the Niners. You know, the flip side he's got in New York is, you know, head Robert Sala, the head coach, was he and Matt LaFleur are best buds. One of them was best man and the other's wedding. I can't remember which, which Hackett, one it was. Right? He's a big yeah, Hackett. Hackett, Hackett, Hackett's there too. And that, that was a vibe hire. Um, he, after the way he flamed out in Denver with uh, Russell Wilson, although Wilson's been broken for a while. Um, so I would not hang that over him too much. Eric, I gotta give credit to Pete Carroll, that. though. I mean, he really hid Russell Wilson for a long time. Like he did. that's kind of he magical did. in my eyes, to be honest. Like, well, no, like no one ever gives Pete Carroll credit, but then he just hid how bad Russell Wilson is for how many. Well, years. then Brian Schottenheimer, who was a horrible offensive coordinator most of his career, got the most out of Eric Russ. knows about that guy. He didn't know that. <laughs> oh, it just he all was, of a sudden it all of a sudden now he's he was Schottenheimer with McCarthy in Dallas. Now I <laughs> I I meant to send Bill a. Pray because with Kellen Moore and McCarthy calling plays, sometime here with the Jets, he's going to start telling Bill to pray because uh, Dallas actually, is going to be rough to watch. He was actually pretty decent when he was here. Um, he was when he, he was. was. He worked with Chad Pennington, and then yeah, um, I remember yeah, him. Like he was, he was a pretty decent coordinator when he was here. So, but yeah, the Russell Wilson experience did not go as planned, at least at year one in Denver. So no, uh, no, yeah. Not go as planned at all. I have no idea how they're going to get out of that contract if they ever do. Uh, he will um, retire. That's so. well, now they gave away they gave away picks for Sean Payton now, so that's they're they're clearly not going to uh, try to get out of that contract. They're good. They have to try and make it work because trying to get out of that no. would be a logistical and financial work. nightmare. I think they hire Sean Payton and they just put. I think they just move. On. Whether Russell sits or whatever, and he's just an expensive player. I just at some point I think that they get another quarterback. Clone, clone Drew Brees, like maybe. I don't know. They so, have to play him. I mean, yeah, he has they have to, play. to. So really, I don't know. I just feel like he stinks so bad. It's like, why even bother? Just like, just sit there and earn your check, man. Hackett's a good guy. Yeah, he I mean, just was not ready for prime time with that job. Is what that boils down wasn't, to. Yeah. I've met, That's I've actually a met him job. a couple of times and he terrific guy, but he was not ready for prime time. And Denver fans are tough, um, borderline entitled at times. And I know a lot about that with Packer fans. So it's they have a good uh, fan base. That's a fan base travel. They do. They do. I was a big Terrell Davis fan back in 98 when he was on the call. Oh, what a waste of game. What a, you know, what a waste of potential. Him. Blew out his ACL I mean, in 2000. And yeah, just, he did. Hey, he got, uh, you know, he two. Two Super Bowl rings, you know, it's two thousand yard season and MVP. Yeah, it's tough. It, he did a lot in a little bit, you know. Yeah, so the Hall of Fame getting into the Hall was a uh, definitely was controversial, you know. And Eric, you guys saw this up close when they won that AFC Championship game against the Parcells team. So it, uh, he, uh, yeah, that was. I I did respect Terrell Davis even after what he did. Well, to wasn't Green it Bay a Jet who actually broke his ACL? I was against the Jets. You're right. I think it was against the Jets. I believe you're it? right. I think it was against. I think, I think it was the against the Jets. Busted up Tom, uh, Drew Brees and uh, Terrell Davis. Drew Bledsoe. That's what I'm sorry. Bledsoe yeah, was Bledsoe. Jets, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was Bledsoe Bledsoe that one I remember vividly. Wasn't Bledsoe the other one Brian died, Cox? If I recall. Wasn't it Brian Cox? That was Brian Cox. Who? That might have been TD. That might have been Davis. TD Davis. Was probably, if it might have been with TD, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking. So, all right. So, Chris, about the big game here. That's why we called you on here. You know, you're Mr. Pigskin. What do you got? What are you thinking? I, th- you know, th- I think this is why I, so here's the thing with locally, you know, Jalen Hurts was drafted after Jordan Love. So depend that, you know, that how that pans out depends on how Love works out for the Packers. So, I mean, that's interesting, you know, from a local standpoint, but I, I didn't like see Philadelphia coming at this point. I really didn't this year. I thought they'd be better, but I did not see this kind of a run. Uh, Kansas City, meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes is just, 
everybody call Tom Brady the goat now as he retires because Mahomes is going to steal that. He's going to have three third Super Bowl. He's going to have more rings by the time he's twenty eighth than most. I mean, he's he's going to rewrite he been everything. In the league now he's been five, he's been five starting since twenty eighteen. So I think it's been okay. Yeah, he's been in there for six years. I mean, he's five he, and he came games, out five young. Home games, that's impressive. Five. He yeah. has. He's never every year he started. He has not made it any less than the AFC Championship. That's insane. Um, you know, yeah, he's, he's he went for it's. I, I can't. I've run out of words to describe him. It's like I I look at him like a, you know, again through my green and gold blinders. You know, I look at him as like a Favre Rogers hybrid. He's got that gunslinger to him, but he can also make plays and you know that with his head he's just he's unbelievable um i he's he's gonna dethrone brady when his career is over we're gonna be talking about patty mahomes as the goat not tom brady yeah but as of right now uh he's walking around on a hobbled ankle so how do you think this ankle affects him his mobility what he's able to do uh and against that eagle defense this could be a problem here could he's not going to be as mobile uh depending on how you know that that bye week between the you know the championships and the super bowl helps um, I, you know, I think, but they, they still handle the Bengals relatively. I'm, it was a close game, but I mean, he's still, you talk about two pocket defense. passer. He's, I mean, if you, you blitz them, that's fine. I mean, I look at this as, you know, you look at, you know, the chiefs have receiver, you know, Marquez Valdez Scantling, who former, former Packer is underrated, I think is a speedster a little bit, you know, he's he struggled with some drops earlier in his career, but I mean, he's, he's really played well in Kansas city. And I think that kind of would be your. You know, if you're gonna you know run some shallow crossers, you know some shorter dink and dunk plays, and let them run. I mean, there's still speed on that mm. team that I think they'd be okay. Um, I would. I'm I'm picking Kansas City to win this. Um, I mean, I would feel I I I'm under I'm underestimating the Eagles at their own risk, at my own risk, I should say, because I've done it all year. Um, I mean, Jordan Love nearly came back against him. Maybe that's what's letting me. It's the only team to beat them in Washington, right? Am I am I am I correct? The on Commanders, that? yeah, the Commanders, yeah, and the uh, only team to beat the Eagles. Yeah, the Commanders, and uh, God, I thought they beat Dallas twice. Um, I, th- I thought they went thirteen. I thought they lost. I thought they had one. Thought they lost one more. They did. It's been crazy, man. Like I don't think anyone really suspected Philadelphia to be as good as they were. Nope, Dallas beat them. Dallas did beat them. Okay, Dallas beat them once. Especially in this area, you know. We, everyone just it was it seemed to feel and the like the Dolphins. Oh no, it was preseason. Sorry, the Cowboys the were Dolphins the hot team in the NFC East going yeah. into the season. Like no one expected the Giants to be at least somewhat good, and then the Eagles just were crazy good. Yeah, I did. Yeah. It was, it, no, yeah, it pretty much was because of Hurts. Like that was the, everyone were saying if he plays, they could be great, and if he doesn't, <laughs> it's a surprise. Nobody you know, saw the quarterback. Leap. Nobody changes, saw the great quarterback him, changes the team. Know. Right, yeah. exactly. No one saw him taking this kind of a jump. Uh, you think it's sustainable? Year. You think he could play like this for in a career, or do you think this is kind of like a one and done type season? I think he could. Sirianni's a good coach. I mean, from a cut from a similar cloth um, as Matt Lafleur. Um, I I actually mocked Jalen Hurts to the Packers in that 2020 draft a couple of times because I thought he would do well under Matt Lafleur, and I'm glad to see it play out in a similar system, just not in Green Bay. But I I think it's sustainable. But his challenge next year is going to be okay. He had that breakout year. Coaches have a ton of tape on you. You know, is he, if exactly. he can maintain this next year, he's off and running. If he falls apart, you know, it could be a one-hit wonder type situation. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to expect um, out of him. I think that that's next year is going to be huge for him in terms of long-term view of his uh, capabilities. He Eric, gradually improved. So he did last year. He did. He that's usually that's usually a good on. sign of yeah. 
And that's usually a good, good sign of long-term sustainability, but we'll have to see. Uh, Washington's going to be interesting to see next year, um, depending who they get in um, at quarterback. But I think he's got a, I, Philly's going to be the favorite in the in the East next year. I think, probably followed by New York, followed by maybe Dallas. Well, it also depends what the Giants do with their quarterback if they bring back Daniel Jones or not. I mean, yeah. it, everyone's freaking out. It's like they, I don't think anyone thinks they're going to bring back both Barkley and Jones. It's going to be one or the other, and it seems to be that Daniel Jones has got the lead right now. So who knows where yeah, Saquon goes? I, that changes everything. Dabble's a good coach, though. He's gonna he's gonna do well for the Giants. Brian Dabble got a hell of a lot more out of him. Yeah. The running back. Yeah. yeah, he's fantastic. He's a great coach. Um, so, what type of game are we looking at here next Sunday? You guys thinking we're gonna get a shutout? We're not gonna get like that Pats Rams Super Bowl where they're tied at three going into the fourth and it was miserable. Right? Oh no 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 <laughs> that no, 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 no no no! <laughs> that was the worst like, Super Bowl I've ever seen. Are we gonna end well, like Steelers Cardinals? Say... You know, like like what are we getting here? What do you expect? If it's that kind of a game, then one of the quarterbacks got injured or something oh, happened. Oh man, because... I never I remember watching that game and I was like, man, like this is the most boring Super Bowl I've ever watched. If you like defense, it wasn't, but if you oh, don't, yes. Yeah, it was like, kind of many people do like defense except yeah. for like true psychos, you know? <laughs> I don't remember anything like crazy blitzes or insane interceptions. Like it was just, like Garrett said, it was a good defensive. I felt like everyone was doing three and outs, you know, there was a lot of that in that game. Um, And Jared, just like memorable defense. When you get Jared Goff in a game, what do you expect? You know, that's, that's, you're going to get that kind of game. The Lions, they're expecting a lot of things, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Detroit, oh man, Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Oh, that that surprised me. Don't insult Jared Goff. Yeah, he's improved. But he's gotten Dan better. Campbell it's funny that he got yet. better after he left McVay. But yeah. Yeah, I love Dan Campbell. Sorry. I like him. Anyway. I, you know, Detroit's cool better so much. Even though they're a divisional divisional rival, I, 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 did, I feel good for them. I'd rather have them than the than the Bears. I mean, even the Vikings have softened on a little bit. Um. <laughs> oh, Garrett Wadle. He won't know what to say about that. Oh, geez, hot dish. Garrett, 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 has, Garrett has mellowed my stance on the Vikings quite a bit. I mean, they do seem, the franchise seems to pick up. You know, at some point, you got to admit, you know, the Packers have That's had a funny because he's only increased years. my hatred for vegans. That's interesting you say that. Oh. You softened on him. My hatred for vegans has only grown because of. I've softened. Up, so. I've, I've yeah. softened on the Vikings. My increase of the vegans. I'm with you though, Pete. The vegan. The vegan thing. It's. <laughs> I'm, I, I love the line of brats and cheese curds, man. I mean, that's that's like I don't six. Yeah, lo- that's like I the fourth or fifth level guy, hell for vegans. You know, Wisconsin. So no wonder he hates it here. The buffalo he makes. I start stop paying attention because I'm like, dude, just eat chicken. Oh, right? this narrative. It's fine. Yeah, we. But, uh, <laughs> these Peter. These Peter narratives. That's what I it's call it. It's not them. a narrative. I got a screenshot. You're wearing the robe. It's not a narrative. It's the truth. Everyone I wasn't talking this. about that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, Pete's narratives can be a little, little off the wall, but the thing with the vegan thing, I, <laughs> I, and I love Garrett to death. I really do. Uh, we, we had, we had a good talk while we were, while we were in uh, Dallas. So yeah, that, um, you know, the, the, Packers the, the, the bottom line though with well, Garrett okay, is the defense. Oh, geez. Yeah. Him. yeah. <laughs> still on him. Well, you know, just the, the Packers have had a long run. So, you know, the Vikings, it, it's time to pay the piper a little bit. So that's what some fans need to understand. But, yeah, <laughs> you were saying defense. Sorry, Peter, I cut you off there. What do you get? What are we getting tonight? Uh, not tonight, but next Sunday. Are we getting a defensive game? Are we getting a blowout? What do we get? Is it going to be a dud? Is it going to be an all-time classic? What are you feeling here? Probably with probably a one-score game, I would say. Probably it's it's going to be one of those games that I think the kid. Very similar to what the Eagles had against the Patriots um, in 2004. So the Patriots kept it like within a 10-ish point game, and then the Eagles made it very interesting late, mm. but the Pats still mm. hung on. 
you know, I see a lot of similarities between this and this game. So I think the Eagles are going to win. Score is probably going to look a hair closer than it really was, but I'm going to say, I'll say 31-27, KC. Eric? Uh, I haven't had, I really don't have a good read on this game. Um, I, when I first, when the, when it was first set, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going with Kansas City. But as time has gone on and I've thought about it a little more, uh, I don't know the weapons that Kansas City has still bothers me. Obviously, Kelsey is fantastic. So, you know, he's the guy they have to control. But I don't um, I don't know. I, I was really leaning KC, but now I might. I think I might be leaning Philly now, the, the closer we get to the Super Bowl. So, I guess ask me again. <laughs> Maybe by the end of the show, I could give you a better answer, but it's, I'm going to give a score. It's the two best teams going off, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, they definitely are. They're the two best teams. Uh, so I, I will say I'm leaning Philly. I'll just put it that way. I'm leaning Philadelphia. All right. All right. Okay. And do you have a read or no? Yeah, I'm dude. I'm all in on Philly. Are you kidding me? I don't even. It, it could be the goddamn Arizona Cardinals. I'd be rooting for them too. Because you want to know why? It's all about Giants hating season. I don't care who wins the Super Bowl as long as Giants fans are miserable. So the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Redskins, whatever the hell they're called now. If any of those teams are in it, that's who I'm rooting for. Because I want Giants fans miserable because they suck and they play in New Jersey. I'm picking Philly. I'm picking <laughs> Philly to win big, and I'm gonna rub it in your face. All year, I bought Eagles hat. I can't wait for this. I'm so excited for this. Did buy I, am yeah, I saw the Eagles hat. Yeah. Bird gang, baby. He did. He did that. I hate the Giants. I hate the Jets if they could actually make some sort of a successful season, but they can't. So they embarrass themselves. So all my focus goes towards hating the, pity, the Giants the pity, the and their stupid helmets. Hmm. So there you go. That's all right, it. let's go, Philly. Okay. So there you go. There you have it, guys. There you have it. You have our uh, take on the Super Bowl. And let's now give our take on some some nerd news because that was it was kind of big this week. We got a big, big slate of information specifically on the plan or the slate. We'll do oh, whatever we call it, plan slate. We have a first round of uh, films and, and TV shows coming from the new DC slate. James Gunn and Peter Safran announced that on the 31st, they said it was going to be in January, and they waited till the very last day. Well, they didn't lie. They did not lie. That's true. So, very quickly, we'll go through some of them, and, and you could tell me your thoughts on it. So, I'll start with the one I'm looking most forward to, and that's Waller. Uh, Viola Davis will stay on playing Amanda Waller. It'll be a show on HBO Max. Obviously, it's a spinoff from Peacemaker. But the large, the spinoff from the larger, um, his larger Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad uh, world. So I've talked about how much I like Viola Davis in the past. So that's my big, big uh, reason for, for my anticipation for this. But also because I feel she's fantastic in the role. I think the character lends well to TV storytelling. Uh, she's an amoral character. I feel like you couldn't do, I don't think you could do a movie and do it justice. So the, the story format and is better for a TV show. So that's the one I'm looking most forward to. Uh, what do you guys think about Waller? Are you happy it's coming? Chris, I'll start with you. You know, that was, she was the best part of the um, suicide squad. The first, the first one, the air, the non right. air, air cut. Um, it, <laughs> you know, she, she is a work. She is a powerhouse of an actor. And I really think her, the interaction they, you know, teased with her at the end credit scene of that movie with, you know, Affleck's Bruce Wayne intrigued me a little bit because I really think that would be an interesting play is on her versus 
not necessarily Batman, but her versus Bruce Wayne, I think was an interesting, interesting way to go. Um, you know, and watching now Gunn's Suicide Squad movie, so obviously no surprise that his his chunk of the DC, the old universe, is sticking around from that movie. Uh, I think I think it would be a phenomenal. I'm I'm excited about that too. I honestly I was thinking about a couple other projects. That one slipped slipped my mind, but I did see it. But I, I yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think that has a really big. Um, oh, I'm trying. What what would be a good comp? What would be a good comparison to that? Like um, like an evil version of like a more not an evil version, but a more different version of some other I'm trying to think of a show that, you know, you, it's about kind of a corrupt type. You've got, you've got your protagonist, but they're a little, little twisted is what I'm trying to get at. The shield. That's it. Thank you. you. God. Yeah. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. Forgive, forgive me, Michael Chiklis, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Pete, what about you? What do you think about? Yeah. I'm excited for this. I don't, I don't know how you can't be. I mean, she was definitely like Chris said, one of the best things about the original movie. She was fantastic in the sequel. She was great as a little addition to Peacemaker. And, uh, you yeah, know, I'm with Chris. I like that she's a little twisted. I like that she's kind of, yeah. you know, she's got her own agenda. Um, I got no complaints. Davis is an amazing, amazing actress. Um, I believe she just won some sort of award, right? She was in some movie that got a lot of recognition. So, like the, the Woman King. Movie. Yeah. So, you know, she's on fire right now. So, like, it makes sense that she's around. It's uh, it gives us a good idea of kind of what Gunn is doing. So it's not entirely a clean slate. It's kind of, you know, certain things that have worked are staying and certain things that aren't working uh, will be gone. And uh, Viola Davis is one of the many things that, well, one of the few things that did work. So um, I'm excited. Uh, it's definitely not my most anticipated project, but it's something I will tune into for sure. Well, what is then? What is your most anticipated project? Uh, it's got to be uh, the Brave and the Bold. I, I most anticipated uh, doing the shared universe Batman. I've, I've, this is something I, I didn't necessarily want myself because uh, I think it holds down storytelling a little bit, um, even with the success of the MCU. Um, I'm a, it's some you know I just I want to see what they do. This new Batman. I want to see how lighthearted it is. The fact that it's Damien instead of Grayson or Drake is uh, is a choice. Um, I wonder if that has to do with anybody using the character for any other reasons. Um, curious to see again, the tone of this Batman and how it fits in, how Batman looks standing next to some more mythological figures. Uh, we got a little bit of that in the Zaddy verse and, uh, it's what didn't really resonate. So I wonder how this will be different. Um, uh, yeah. And uh, Superman legacy is up there as well. I mean, just, you know, it's been a long time. We haven't had a real Superman movie since uh, 2013. And, uh, you know, it's been a long time. I just was telling Garrett, I re- you know, I read like 20, I went, yeah, like 28 Superman books this week. <laughs> I was like, I'm kind of getting myself psyched Cheering up. up. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it, it's been a while and I love the character and I want to see that. Overall, like there's been a lot of things that he did announce. The Swamp Thing thing is very interesting to me. Um, Creature Commandos does nothing for me. Um, that's one of those projects that I'll have to see it in order to talk about. It. I know nothing about that. Um, uh, you know, Lanterns is interesting. Uh, overall, like Solid Slate, I'm excited. As a DC fan, I don't know how you can't be. If you are, uh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know what the hell you want. Um, so, again, I'm just happy they're making movies. They could have closed up shop after 2017. They didn't. And uh, here we are. So that's it. Be brutally honest. The cool thing about you mentioned Creature Commandos, and I just wanted to talk about it. the cool thing about it in his announcement. What he said with that was the voice actors will play the parts in the live action movies that they appear. Are we going to see these guys in live action? 
Yeah, we're supposed to. <laughs> this is a, the, the whole. Well, wait yeah, I saw that. If Superman Legacy bombs. We ain't seen nothing. <laughs> that why? Yeah, why you gotta yeah. be so negative? Why I'm we, not. Why, being we, why are we making a? See, because, we were going because, down positive way. You gotta way. be honest with yourself. I, I'm not gonna get emotionally attached to this stupid slate because there's nothing to be attached to. I'm not I'm saying, saying get attached. I've seen, I've seen people get attached to this already. Don't get attached to this, please, because it's a business. That is, that is you are bomb. Yeah, you are very, very right on that, Peter. Because you know, it's if Superman flyby doesn't work, uh, or flyby Jesus, thinking, legacy, legacy. Thank you, God. Sorry about that, JJ. Um, you know, it's if that doesn't work, and the Brave and the Bold especially doesn't work, this thing isn't going to fly. You know, that's the concern I had with this slate was, you know. All three of us know a lot about these characters, but are they falling into the same trap as, you know, can they make the general audiences care about some of these characters enough outside of the, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, the big three, maybe Aquaman too. Um, you know, can they make the, cause if they, if the general audience doesn't bite into this, this thing ain't going anywhere. Um, and, you know, going back it, to the brave and the bold, which I would say is my, probably my anticipated project, Superman legacy, very close second, you know, does the general audience know anything? Does, the general audience even know Damian Wayne? Like, what? You know, that's something we got to keep in mind, too. If I don't that, even know. If the general audience doesn't know. buy into this, uh, this thing isn't going to take off, because that's the trap. And I get why it's Damian. Damian fell is into. the current yeah. Robin in print. You want to mm-hmm. do something different? Like, get, doing it with Damian makes sense. It just does. I understand it. It just it wouldn't be my first choice, but Damian also has a lot of fans. The legacy so, t- like, Gunn's take on Damian Wayne, I think, would be a... Uh, is going to be interesting to see just how he called him a little son of a bitch. You know, I think that that it kind of raised my eyebrow a little does, bit. Yeah. It does. It does. So we'll have to wait and see. I don't see, see him that, writing so. it though, so I'm curious. You know, like I expect him to write and direct Superman Legacy. I just do. I well, we know him. he's writing it. He said. We know he's writing it. Yeah, yeah, but I expect him to do both. Like I think he's going to be titled as writer director. I think he will direct it personally. And I know Safford yeah, who's going to want to come in. Yeah, who's going to want to come in and be like, I got freaking James Gunn writing this. You know, who's going to want to direct that with him looking over my shoulder. You I know, just feel yeah. like, and again, like most directors who write movies end up directing their own movie. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's kind of like a one-two punch type thing. Um, well, they, whoever <laughs> comes in to direct in this in this universe has to deal with James Gunn is looking over the shoulder. Yeah, but just, I don't well, expect James Gunn to write I'm just movie, about, It's like it's you know? his script, is what I'm getting at. Like, you know, yeah, right. he's going and off he's his script. He's a little bit more closer like, to this. Yeah, right. And I don't yeah. blame him for taking the job either, because if you look, if you're going to be the head of DC Studios and you got to do this job right, <laughs> who do you trust more than yourself? Like, let's be brutally honest. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. I know he caught some flack because like they gave the, the first job out, out, out is it's going to be Superman Legacy and he gives it to himself. Well, yeah, no, I, I think he made the right call on that. But he's got to no. do something else. Like he can't write all these movies. No, <laughs> no. I mean, you wouldn't want that. You want different, exactly. You want different directors and different writers to have a shot at these characters. Um, the Brave and the Bold is also going to be based on Grant Morrison's run. Uh, so, what do you guys feel about that? I, I like Grant Morrison. What do you? I, Pete, do you I do a you're... lot of LSD? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think, I believe he does. I think that's how he writes. <laughs> so what are you, does that change your expectation? Do you, are you expecting something specific because it's from his run? Or do you think it's just going to be a, a reference point and not, they're not going to take story beats from it? At this point, I think it's too early to tell because there's, they can do something original, such as like Batman R.I.P., or they could just kind of take the relationship of Damien and Batman. You know, that kind of be the core of the movie, the father right. aspect. Me personally, I am not a big fan of Grant Morrison's run. So therefore, when they announced this, I'm like, ooh, this is okay. This is interesting. 
again, I'm not online freaking out, but it's like, I'm not going to like paint a Batman movie on announcements. So like, I want to see what they do. If they make a trailer I don't like, or if I see a costume I don't like, I can criticize it. Maybe I'll be Kowalski and be really picky about nothing. I don't know. <laughs> but like, I, again, like all I got is James Gunn in a hype video. I'm excited. I'm very thankful that these movies are being made, but I, I can't really judge anything until I have something of substance to talk about. Other than yeah, like, can, to me, like nothing yeah. is different than how they normally go about business, except for the fact that James Gunn made a video and put it on Twitter. Like it's just a slate of like five movies and a couple TV shows, and everyone went crazy. I was like, it's not like they planned the next fifteen years. <laughs> no, but I mean, they did give insight to where they're pulling stories from. That's why I mentioned Grant Morrison because no, I get it. He's a specific type of of writer. Oh, so, he is. Chris, what about you? Are you a Grant Morrison guy? Do you like that run? Have you read that run? Uh, I I did. Um, R.I.P. was not my not my cup of tea. Um, but Ooh. like Peter said, I'm gonna wait and see what I what I get, what type of vibe. I mean, the Batman and Robin stuff he did later was better. Still not my cup, still not my cup of tea, but I mean, I I'm could, with you hundred percent on that, Chris. It digest. I digested it a bit there a little easier. Um, I think, you know, until I see, until we see a suit, I mean, hell, there's not even a director attached, so I can't really right. criticize that. Um, I really don't want to say anything. It's just a title. <laughs> well, then when we talk about inspiration, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Cause you know what they do when they say this is being inspired by these books. Are we talking about they're just going to, you know, like we, like you guys said, cherry pick, or are we going to be right. more of a full blown, like what we've seen in the animated movies where it's maybe not a straight on adaptation, but pretty damn close. You know, I'm that's going what with I inspired by more than adaptation. You know, I think that works more yeah. in terms of live action, you know, like the, the year ones or the, you know, the long Halloween mm-hmm. dark Knight returns, you can get away with that yeah. animation, maybe not so much live action, but uh, even so, yeah, I, like I, I kind of would like to see that it's like, I know the story. Every once in a while, it's nice. I I, I love I love a, like a direct page to screen translation, but I got to say, like when I watch like Year One, I know the story of Year One. Like you know what's coming yeah. next, right? So th- there's that. Eric, as someone who like doesn't read comics like mm-hmm. regularly as like say I do, mm-hmm. are you now saying to yourself these are the stories I'm going to buy more Morrison's Batman, more Swamp Thing? Like I haven't read them before. If this is the stuff they're going to pick and choose from, maybe I should dig into it a little bit. Like, are you saying that as a fan, as more of a casual comic book fan? Yeah, actually, I did. I got on Hoopla and I have a couple of them um, keyed up already. So, so you've already been binging. I am going <clears> to. <throat> excuse me. I am going to do that. Uh, I'd love this. to hear what you say about Morrison's Batman. I'd love to hear your take on it, to be honest. Yeah, I um, I'll let, yeah, we'll definitely do that when I uh when I get through. I I remember when it was out. I read a little bit of it because I'm a Grant Morrison guy. So, mm-hmm. um, I know he's weird. Uh, it's if people see me, they wouldn't think I'd like probably his stuff, but uh, I do. So uh, it's just something that um, when I see his name attached to something, I get I'm usually interested. So. Okay. The fact that they're pulling from that, it's weird that they chose the title, which is the animated show, The Brave and the Bold, right? There was a Batman, The Brave and the Bold animated show, and that's going to be the title of this movie. I don't think they're going to be very similar. No, I don't think at all, but I just think it's weird that that was the title that they're choosing for this, because people yeah, are going to make that association too, yeah. as well. Yeah, that's what that's well, what the general audience like, won't. Fans will. Yeah. You know, fans will, fans will do that. General audience won't. I don't think the general audience has ever heard Oh, yeah, they're not going to. But I, I will say that I think they're steering away, at least with that first movie, from having Batman in the title, which makes me feel like Reeves is just going with the Batman 2. Like, I just I just feel like they're just not going to put Batman in that title. They want it to be a little bit different. Right. You know, so they picked a comic book title. Yep. 
Maybe the well, channel, maybe the movie even changed. The premises could be different. Like when they actually hire a writer director, maybe they actually come up with a more clever name. I don't. Yeah, know. like if they if they made that like a Damian Wayne origin story type type movie, at least for you know the, maybe the first act of the movie, I think I could see that working out maybe a little better in terms of general audience because I really think that's something they're, they're not just going to have to go into bam. Okay, oh what the hell, Batman's got a kid. What you know, it's the three of us know Damian, but you know when I've got family members who. Reluctantly, even when the Batman trailer came out, my my dad was, oh, God, not another Batman movie. You know, trying to you've got to convince those people to see your film. So, you know, it's that's that's the challenge they're going to have, especially with this one. Well, now that there's going to be two two Batman. The whole story I, of Damien being conceived is its own oh. tale itself. <laughs> the Talia yeah, really angle would that, that could be yeah. Talia basically drugged and raped him. <laughs> yeah, how are they, that? Yeah, James. James Gunn on that. Oh, hmm. Yeah, I don't know if he'll go there. Had something like that. I yeah. don't know if he'd go there. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't. Another another project that was announced that I want to touch on because it's had like five different iterations already. <laughs> I'm not talking about the Flash. I'm talking about the Lanterns. Yeah. So Pete and I have talked extensively on the Greg Berlanti vehicle that had been being produced before before this. This is not that. This is a brand new take. They and we'll get to we'll get to Berlanti a little bit more later too because there's news with him. But it said it's a true detective style and it's going to be terrestrial based, which I know that's been a big issue for people that they're they're staying on Earth with this story with the two lanterns. So and yes, I'm sure other lanterns will appear as well. But uh, Chris, what did you think about that? What did you think about the the fact that it's going to be a terrestrial based show and not a space kind of? Opera, that, I guess. Su- that surprised me a little bit because that's kind of where lanterns normally operate, right? So I'm kind yeah. of very inter- interested to see how they do it. But I mean, again, this is re- something that, you know, when you think about how this is being described, it's re- again, uh, it's right on the gun playbook. I think it'll be interesting to see how it works. Um, I didn't read too much into this. Did they say which lantern they're going to go with? Is this going to be Hal and John. John? Okay, it's going to be Hal and John. John. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think that's that's going to be an interesting interesting way to go about it. Um, I think, you know, I, I really, I've, I want to see a Green Lantern project. I've been disappointed by all the other attempts that haven't quite happened, you know, through, I mean, the Ryan Reynolds, whatever um, happened, but you know, the HBO max <laughs> series that has, and you know, the animated, the animated stuff I think has been solid. Um, I think that that could really be James Gunn's guardians type thing. If he plays that right, just start earth and then maybe go outwards a bit. You know, I think mm-hmm. this could be, you know, the DC's guardians thing in terms of, of gun. I mean, I hate fan casting, but Chris Pratt, Hal Jordan, maybe. Yeah. People have mentioned him yeah. about another project. I mean, gun yeah, said I he that, wants to bring some of those guys one. in too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to me, I'm not surprised that this thing's staying on earth. Like when they were talking about this Berlanti thing, they described it as like space opera and one of the most expensive shows that'll ever be made. And they never <laughs> even made it. So, it makes me seem like they kind of realized that maybe the budget for the show shouldn't be as high as it was. And they retooled it to be on earth, maybe save a little money on special effects. I don't know. Um, the true detective thing is interesting. You know, I've been saying for years, like, can we just do like, can we just like repurpose training day with aliens and green lanterns yeah. and just make that yeah. like a Hal Jordan origin film? Um, you know, just, uh, I'm interested to see like what kind of, uh, investigations to green lanterns to get an earth get you know 
it it seems a little out of the ordinary. I feel like they should be in space, but it at the same time, like having them stay on Earth feels very Denny O'Neill. I feel like O'Neill's there's a yeah. lot of issues where it was they're just kind of it was like John and Hal on Earth and stuff like that. So uh, it could work out. Uh, you know, I just again like I want to see. It. I mean, I, I'm supporting whatever Green Lantern project they have. I supported the Berlanti thing when the vigilantes were miserable about it for years upon years after announcing the announcement. We'll see where this goes. Who knows? It may be more of the same. Um, but, you know, all I got is uh, an announcement. And uh, if they make this, great. If they don't, I'm sure they'll try to make another one somewhere down the line. You're still being negative. Not being ifs. negative. I'm just being cautious. Like, what am I? Okay, good. They announced some things. Make it. Let's go. Do it. You, <laughs> you want me to get excited? You want me to buy stuff? We'll make something so I can buy it. You got you to gotta show show me something. You know, words on the page yeah. don't. No, I agree. I was fine with the Hamada plan, too. Like, okay, that's great. Let's roll. Guess what? It never got rolling. Like, let's no, I, I mean, I, I agree with yeah. that. I just feel like this is this is a little bit more concrete. Uh, we'll see what we'll see if people show up. They went out of their way. They kind of went out of their way. They they grabbed gun. I think Zaslav grabbed, grabbed gun and Saffron specifically because he knows they're going to get this done. Good. I so, think they're two brilliant men. I so love I what Saffron has been able to produce, and I love what yeah. James Gunn has been able to create as a director. So, like, uh, the the only thing I don't like by James Gunn is Guardians 2. All I right. can't name a movie by Saffron that he produced that I've seen that I didn't like, to be honest with you. So, I'm ready to roll. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I agree that I definitely want to see them first. Obviously, we have to see them first before we... We can make any kind of a assessment on their quality, mm-hmm. but I like the idea of, of what they're doing. Certain things like the Paradise Lost show, I think, is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. Yeah, right. That, that, yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be a Game of Thrones style show. It's kind of a prequel to Wonder Woman because she's not even in it. So it's like going way, way before. At least she's not in it now. We might see her appear towards the end of the the run of the show, whether it's one season, two seasons, however long they do it. So that's something I feel is interesting. Uh, Booster Gold also, I think, is going to be fantastic, uh, just from the layout, from what it sounds like, if you know the character. And that's the Ooh. that's the place where people were throwing Chris Pratt's name of into yeah. as a fan casting for Booster Gold. And his his type of act type of actor he is, he would work for that show, right? Like he oh, he, would def- be, oh, he definitely would. I'm not yeah. trying to say yeah. I'm not trying to champion him for Hal Jordan over that, but there's there's a lot there's a lot of you know between those two there's a lot of spots where Chris Pratt could fit into. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, so I'm. Those are the other projects I'm looking forward to. Uh, the HBO Max stuff has me a little more intrigued than at the actual movies, which I was a little surprised. Uh, I agree with you guys on Superman Legacy. I didn't talk about it, but yeah, I definitely. Um, that obviously is the big one. He has to. He has to hit with that. Uh, and it's kind of like we said. It's kind of like a retail. I. And know, let's re- be honest. Warner Brothers Snyder. are so reactionary. They're so reactionary. They're, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So like, I, I can. If Superman Legacy doesn't make the money it does, I totally can see them doing some drastic stuff. I can. So like, I hope to God this works out. But that young Amazon stuff you were talking about, I thought that's great because the like prequel stuff in Wonder Woman eighty four and in Wonder Woman are some of the most talked about scenes between yeah. those two movies, especially yep. eighty four. And I was really hoping for like some sort of young Diana thing, and this kind of like falls in between. So right. I'm I'm really happy about that. I, I I can't wait to see this. Yeah. So just real quick, um, just want to talk about well a little bit about Superman Legacy, and then we'll move on to something else. But with that movie, I think it's key who they cast as Superman. 
do you guys think the casting is is more important than the actual what we're getting in the film? I I'll do. Say, I'll say casting, but I'm going to say the casting of the supporting cast of Superman. Like, I kind of want this to feel more like a Superman movie than we've kind of got. Like, we didn't get a Jimmy Olsen until BVS, and then he died off. You know, like, we got Lombard in Man of Steel, but it, there was no Jimmy. So there's kind of like that weird give and take. I want more time in the Daily Planet than what we, what we had recently, you know, like. And if someone's going to call me a Reeve shill or that they did that with Superman returns, it was like, yeah, I know they made a Superman movie. Like they made man of steel, but it was kind of more of like an invasion first contact type of Superman movie. And it's like, as much as I do dig that film, I still kind of lean towards the other stuff, you know, even like Superman and Lois kind of like I, I, I lean towards, I don't like Smallville. That's not my jam really. You know, like I kind of would rather have like a fully formed Superman, not necessarily Superman family, but like, Jimmy Olsen, Cat Grant, Perry White, Lombard. Like, I'd love the newsroom atmosphere. I need that. That's what was really missing, I think, in a lot of the Snyder stuff. We just didn't get yeah, enough news. That, that to me is, you know, I think it's still criminally underrated about the Reeves films was exactly the newsroom stuff. Was the yeah. fantastic cinema. Just everybody was yeah. so focused on I mean, I think it's underrated not to take anything else away from any other part of the films. But I think that was, especially me as a journalist now, you know, I've, I I got a bang out of that. Um <laughs> But, you know, I, with the way going forward, I think casting, yes, he's got to look the part, so to speak. Uh, but it's going to be who's he fighting and what are they doing? They said they're not doing an origin, so we're going to be spared of Krypton exploding again. Um, <laughs> so, it, you know, it's, it's kind of getting to the point, you know, like with the Waynes dying and then Uncle Ben dying. You know, it's like we've, we've seen that mm, enough in movies, just so I'm glad they're say. not doing that. Um, but I think, you know, he's – it's it, – they got to have the, they got to have the chops too. But I mean, looking the part for Superman is the one, like you don't want to see so-and-so playing Superman. You need to see Superman. So that's, that was kind of like the my gripe there. when I, about like, everyone yeah. wants to talk about like, you bring up like Superman lives, right? Like Nick Cage doesn't look like Superman to oh, me, no matter God, what, no, no matter, no matter like, how good the wig is. No. Yeah. yeah. Like he just doesn't, uh, while the movie could have been amazing and epic, I don't know. It, that would have taken me out. Like Cavill looks like Superman. Reeves looks like Superman. Ralph looks like Superman. Hulkland, not so much. I feel like Hulkland doesn't really look because I think they got to give him a curl and maybe lose the five <laughs> o'clock shadow. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't like look as much as Superman as I want to say. Uh, He's Cavill, a father now, Pete. There's, there's I'm sorry. Much, I don't know. I, I, I'm a daddy. Whoa. <laughs> hashtag snakes. Um, but yeah, like the look of Superman is very important. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I necessarily want, like, Cavill kind of look like the McGinnis bubbly buff Superman. I don't need if I, to me, Superman doesn't need to be this huge jack guy because he's a solar battery, right? Like, he just gets charged up by the sun and that gives him his, he, he can he can be, he can have like a little sculpt to him. But Cavill was a monstrous man. I think I kind of go a little bit thinner, not well, as thin think, as Reeves. Well, but, that one, that kind of goes with what's how Snyder approached that movie too, you know? And I think Superman's strength isn't in his muscles. Oh, yeah. I mean, his strength isn't in his muscle. It's in his virtue and what he stands for. And that's what they right. kind of need to get back to. And I think we all know what shape the world's in. I think that's kind of what we need to get back to. But can you do a Superman right. movie like that without virtue signaling or, you know, politically preaching? That's where I hope they I don't mean, go down. We got with. two Captain America movies like that, I think. We did. And it, I mean, you it know? worked. But I mean, that, you know, time, times, the times have changed time even since now. then. I mean, times have changed since then. So, I mean, can you do that's the challenge they're going to face with this, whether it's gun directing or somebody else is, can you get that without making it come like you're, you know, being a political cheerleader? I don't but know. I, I think, me, you know, when, when Saffron goes, we want him to stand for like truth, justice in the American way. I'm like, finally, it's like someone said it. 
But I mean, I think <laughs> if that means going back to what makes, yeah, I, I tend to agree. It's just, you know, in terms of, I'm just, I tend to think more from the, this is probably my reporter side coming out. It's the more, you know, they got to make it for everybody. It can't just be, you know, for guys right. like us, you know, that's, that's what right. it's going to take. And I think that's where Man of Steel and BVS fell short is, you know, yeah, there was a lot of fanboy stuff that the fans love, but Joe or Jane movie gore walked in and probably was like the, the, the hell, you know, what is this? Mm. You know, they don't like yeah. to see the Joe movie gore doesn't like to see their heroes deconstructed like we do sometimes. So I think that's, that's what they got to get with this and getting back to Americana Superman, I think is the way to go. And I hope that's what James Gunn does. It sounds like that's the plan. So there's that word again, but that's what it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds just, like I that's mean, there, the there's, a, there's a little thinner of a rope to walk on that, you know, in terms of, you know, making it universally appealing without sounding like you're preaching on, on something. I mean, that's kind of how right. movies are made. And I get that's filmmakers visions, but you know, the character like Superman, that's got, you know, coming up and got a hundred years of history. You got to be careful. You know, you got to be careful yep. too. You got to make it for everybody. So that's, yep. that's my two cents and rant. <laughs> so guys, we all we've all been talking about this during the week, but if you guys have any comments out there that you want to shoot at us directly, you know how to do that. <clears throat> and of course, our this the link to all these articles is on our page, on our Twitter feed, on our Facebook page, and in the Facebook group. So if you guys want to check those out, you can check them out over there. Another bit of information that came out about uh, from this announcement, and then they kind of did a Q and A session too. That stuff leaked out of from there as well. Uh, is The Flash, James Gunn called it one of the greatest superhero movies ever. And I thought that was an interesting thing for him to say. Now, it goes in line with what we've been hearing from other people who have seen it. They're like, it's really, really good. But that's kind of, that's a very strong statement uh, for a film that has a lot of controversy behind it. Of course, they're talking about, we're talking about Ezra Miller. And we've trapped, we, Pete and I have talked about his, his uh, past uh, indiscretions, I'll call them. Uh, here on Straight Outta Gotham. So Safran specifically spoke about it, and this was his quote. He says, Ezra is completely committed to their recovery, and we are fully supportive of that journey that they're on right now. When the time is right, when they feel like they're ready to have the discussion, we'll all figure out what the best path forward is. But right now, they are completely focused on their recovery, and in our conversations with them over the last couple months, it feels like they're making enormous progress. So it sounds like there's an opportunity for him to stay on post The Flash, or they're just doing lip service to make sure that it doesn't hurt the film. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those two that we see there. But um, what did you think, Pete? What did you think of the comment that he said it was that Gunn called it one of the greatest superhero movies ever made? I think it's interesting because he really doesn't have, I feel like, much riding on against him with this one. Right. This is somebody else's movie before he came over to take over the, the reins. Um, obviously, he needs it to work. Otherwise, his stuff isn't going to work. Right. This is probably going to come out <laughs> right. whether these next four movies bomb or not. Right, right, right. But, um, you know, everyone said this movie is amazing. Like everyone who I've talked to have said it's absolutely incredible. It's going to be a game changer. Um, you know, it just they're working hard on it to finish it, to just align it with everything else. Like that's what's really taken so long now that you've read all these articles is that there there is a plan for a segue from the old to the new. Right. And that's what these next four movies are going to set up. And they seem to have, they seem to be very confident in the segues and how they one sets up another and leads right into the next thing. And Aquaman will be the end of this swan song. But, um, you know, we'll see. I, I, we'll get a, 
apparently Shazam sets up the Flash very nicely, so there'll be something in there that connects to Flash. Um, so Shazam has a little bit of Flash in it, and which is nice. And uh, I, I look, I mean, I'm excited to see Keaton in this movie. I think he's going to steal the show. I think he's going to do most of the PR. To be brutally honest with you, yep. Um, yep. he's going to be the biggest name. He's going to be the one everyone's talking about. It's it's Michael Keaton. He's Batman. I think you're in a whole generation of fans who don't That's know true. this movie is coming out. And when they see this trailer on Super Bowl Sunday and Michael Keaton is back underneath the cowl, I think you're going to get a lot of 30, 40 year old men uh, getting nostalgic and running to the movie theaters to see their Batman. I, I just, I honestly believe that. I think the power of Keaton is going to bring out something in a lot of people who normally don't even see the genre They, you know, some people may say different, but I mean, I wasn't alive and I know the stories of Batmanian and I know what it did to society, especially in American culture. Like that movie was bigger than anything. And when Keaton get, when, when the GA gets aware of Keaton's return, I think it's going to be absolutely huge. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I was obviously, I was 13 when Batman came out in 89 and I, it's one, it's the only period when it comes to marketing and, and merchandise and everything else that was tied with a film outside of Star Wars movies is the only thing I could compare that to. Is it was crazy. Like I said, people would get the bat symbols carved in their head, like people <laughs> be fighting over over ball caps. It was nuts. It was the craziest period of merchandise I could ever I ever experienced in my life. So uh, I totally agree with you, Pete, on that. I think that Keaton is going to be the one pushing this uh, because of what's going on with Miller. Um, I think Miller will be part of it, but I don't think he will be front and center, which is kind of yeah. sad. It's his movie. Like I yeah. expect to see Keaton on Leno, Fallon, all those shows. He's oh, yeah. the one doing the PR, right? And, you know, and I, th- I think they kind of kicked off in earnest too. You know, when that modern, officially released modern recut trailer of Batman '89 came out this week, you know, I just took that as like, okay, they're gearing up for a Keaton thing, and I'm sure they're going to do one planting the seeds. They're, yeah. Yep, they're going to do one. They're going to do one for returns. Hopefully, with get the duck put in there, I, I know what you get love me. That. Yeah, that's it, baby. <laughs> I want the that's I want the, I want that duck. in the trailer. That's it. You're <laughs> um, so I, I think that is going to be the focus, and I I agree with everything you guys said. I think it's an interesting comment, but uh, I don't know. You know, I'm excited to see. I was six when that movie came out to show comparison, so that was one of those movies. My parents were like, we're not going to go see that in movie theaters. You can go see Ghostbusters two instead. You know, and I did finally get to see that movie couple years later and I was out of school with a broken arm is the first time I actually saw Batman, but I still had all the toys though. I mean, hell, I mean, I was, we, yeah, I mean, I still had all the toys when I was six. I just couldn't see the film because I, we got caught up yep. in it. Um, trading cards. There were trading yep. cards that I, I had. had. Trading cards. Set, yeah. Somebody yeah. came yeah. up and my dad insists that it was Michael Keaton is some part of a thing with Sears had some sponsorship with that movie. Um, and I'm some guy in, in an 89 Batman movie in an 89 Batman suit showed up at the Sears in the mall in my hometown long <laughs> since gone um sears and the mall for that matter but i mean i and i had my picture taken with him we've got, i've got that photo somewhere and it yeah I, it look it looks a hell of a lot like keaton but i'm like there's no way michael keaton would show up in a bat suit in the middle of wisconsin <laughs> my dad still insists to that day i'm 40 that it was michael keaton i'm like dad cut the bull crap that's i know that wasn't that's keaton weird. it's just a rather convincing facsimile in a decent you know it was more than a cosplay suit for sure for back in those days that looked movie official Hmm. Looking at it now, I'm like, wow, that's that's good. Yep. Well, like, like was, we said, we yeah. we could tell they're gearing up for this. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. For Dude, his I'm inclusion, gonna, I'm gonna be buying a lot of action figures. Like this is gonna be like the oh, Batman, God, the Batman stuff. Oh. The yeah. leaked the leaked images of the suit. Um, I saw that. I'm like, the you suit, know, they, the, you know, we're getting a Batwing. I got the ornament. I got the Batmobiles. ornament this year. The ornament was out because you know the 
the merchandising stuff, as we all know, comes out early, and they actually had the Batman and the new suit ornaments that were out. I'm like, well, thanks for the spoiler. Yeah, I got there. one of those. I did. Warner Brothers, but they branded it quickly with you, the they, Batman 89 logo. But yeah. They're going to be Batmobiles in every kid's Christmas, under every kid's Christmas tree. Oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. That, that car is going to be back, and people are just going to buy it. That, that's well, this, this is this is going to boost the character, I mean, for both Reeves and whomever comes in. This is going to boost the character back up. Not like Batman ever even needed it, but... Yeah, this this movie I think is going to do think, wonders for the character that I think the other two iterations are going to ride from. So shout out to Michael Keaton, you're going to be up doing it again, bud. Yeah, and I mean it's cool that he even just, when he, I remember when he said he was going to play Batman again, it was cool to hear that. So it's going to be cool to finally see this come to fruition. Alea agrees. Yes, um, <laughs> but it it was really cool how he played how he explained the sequencing, right? So he says. Um, Shazam leads into the Flash and segues into Blue Beetle, which a lot of people thought was going to get axed, but no, they're going. I'm happy him. to find out it's actually in the DCEU. Like now we have it's our right. first time knowing that. Right, right, right. Yep. right. And then it yep. flows into Aquaman two, which leads into Superman, the new Superman film coming. So we have it all connected. There that word. There's that word again. But we have it it's all, all connected. Connect. Uh, we have it there, and ex- and it's explained. So everyone, be patient. We'll see what happens. Um, but, uh, I want to bring this up, and I want to talk about it, and especially you two. Now, do you think the shared universe is going to hinder any creatives going forward, like Matt Reeves or Todd Phillips? Are we going to see, like, is this Elseworlds label they created something that will exist alongside the shared universe? Or is this something you think that is only created because these things haven't run their course yet. They're not part of the James gun plan. So they needed to address it somehow. So they just called it Elseworlds, you know, like are are other people going to become like, are we going to see this black Superman movie? Is that actually going to be an Elseworlds tale that'll be made? Or do you just think it was just something they just came up with? Because like I said, these things aren't done. We're still going to get more seasons of Superman and Lois. We're going to get at least a sequel to the Batman. The Penguin's on its way. Where, like, what, what do you think about that, Chris? Yeah, I think, you know, it's my concern with that is it's going to be confusing the GA a little bit, especially if you're going to have two Batman going simultaneously. We did just recently have three Spider-Man in a movie. They seem to fun. That is true, but I'm talking about in separate films. You know, I mm-hmm. think that's going to be it. That's going to be something to see if you're going to have Pattinson and whomever. Um, but, you know, in terms of the Black Superman thing, I'd love to see it, but I think some of that stuff is out there because, you know, there's all this scuttle, all this buzz coming about with the new MCU phases. Is this something that was maybe a, being discussed that they let leak out just so fans are out there, you know, people are out there saying, hey, D- mm-hmm. DC's here. Don't forget about us. You know, mm-hmm. I that's, that's, you know, sometimes stuff is leaked for a reason. I don't know. Um, I think, I hope the Elseworlds thing is a, is a, is a thing um, just because I love Todd I like, Phillips you know, and I love Matt Reeves. Yeah. Yeah, I want more of that stuff too. You know, like that's kind of more my jam than having you know the Flash pop up in a Batman movie. Like I just kind of want to see a Batman movie. See and Batman. I just hope that with you know what what they do with this with the you know the what makes the Elseworlds thing and I hope it doesn't become a problem for the the DCU is you know Marvel sand Mar, the Marvel sandbox is like I I don't understand why some directors would want to go there because you're you're in a sandbox. Um, you know, it's gotten increasingly, especially as they start building up towards the infinity movies, um, infinity wars or infinity war and Endgame. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they, it got a little restrictive and as a filmmaker, I'd rather have the creative freedom. So the Elseworld thing to me would draw more of a thing would draw more of my attention, but unless the connections aren't going to be I, like, I you have to see saying, things in sequence, you know, like with a Marvel, but movies. I, st- 
I don't think that many directors had a problem with it. Like you saw guys like Peyton Reed and Coogler and well, Favreau no, I mean, step into that role and really do the job. But then you got guys who like the, the Russos who can't direct anything outside the MCU because they're hacks. You know, I think for some guys it, it, it is it is a beneficial to their careers, and I think some other guys like Coogler they don't need it. You know, well, some the other guys thing need is that money in those, direction. And money in those movies talks, right? I mean, some movies, some directors are like, "Look, this is going to get me on the map." You know, I'm going to make a ton of money. Yes, it's maybe a little more restrictive, but the money situation, mm-hmm. absolutely, I could see that too. I'm just talking, you know, from from my perspective, I'd I'd rather have more creative control. But maybe maybe the way we're perceiving how Feige runs things is different. I don't know, but I think you know, I the Elseworlds thing to me would be the way to go. I just would want good DCU DC movies. I don't give a rat's ass if they connect or not, but you know, that yeah, seems to be the thing. And I think uh, you know, chapter. I, just, you know, I don't. I just don't want it to be overly like just hey hey look don't forget this over the head this exactly exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's my because like, I don't you know, necessarily think they're gonna do that because I don't want to see them I don't think they want to clone it I just I think they like the business model I think they like the idea of it I don't I really don't think they're gonna try to be carbon copy but I yeah think so you know in order to see the entire make to see some of the movies of Marvel that make sense you have to go sit through some of these just to see stingers you know you have to see some of these movies to be able to see the full picture that's what I hope they don't copy. You know, so most to speak, of, is just most, something you can get the gist that. of. Yeah. Most of the early connection, connected tissue in the Marvel films came in the form of end credit scenes. Yeah. So if they're, if they're building a, if they're built, if DC is going to build to a team up film, then there, I think there has to be some kind of connective tissue there, but if they're just going to make movies and then one day throw them all in a movie together and, and like, Oh, there is just a team up film now. You could do it that way too. Like it doesn't have yeah. to have that unless you're telling a, a cumulative story that there is an end point to like I, end game. I do think there's some kind of connective tissue somewhere along the lines to a bigger event because they made it seem like the green lantern series is going to kind of conclude with them finding out what the big event yeah, is. That's right. leading up to it. They made that point, but they didn't say that any of the other movies would have anything that right in it. So I don't know. Like, Again, it's still a wait and see. We only have speculation. We only have one real successful business model of this, and that's the MCU. The DCEU failed. Dark Universe failed. Transformers just plowed through. G.I. <laughs> Joe couldn't even do it, and they did it in less movies. Explosively, movie. yeah. You know, like, you know, like a, a lot of people have tried to do this, and it hasn't worked. So we're going to finally see if this will work, because they're finally starting at, from as close to scratch as they possibly could start from. Right. right. Like if the only thing they're keeping are the bowls. Like all the ingredients are new. It seems like I just <laughs> it, it's it's going to be interesting. And I just I don't have much to judge on it other than my own f- speculation. And I don't want to get caught in my head too much. You know, like I, I want right. to be I, I want to judge what they present and when they present it. And I just like I said, like, I'm not trying to get like attached to this stuff so early right now. It's worked right. in Star Wars, too, uh, to an extent. It has yeah. now. So, I mean, that I mean, Star Wars is such a behemoth. It's it's. Would, but wouldn't a, you say that Star Wars kind of took like the MCU idea and kind of expanded it within itself? Yeah, post Disney purchase. Yeah, I mean, they Star Wars did things like the Clone Wars series, which was connective to that era of of Star Wars, the first, the prequel era. So they had few and far between. I feel like right, but now they've added more more layers to that world, mm-hmm. right? So you have the Mandalorian, you have mm-hmm. Andor, you had Rogue One was a movie. Like they they started doing it piecemeal at long after the fact. So you're right, it wasn't sequential like the MCU was where you right. every movie led to another one and but uh yeah, but it's I agree with you guys there. I'm I'm I like to see a connected universe. I'd like to see it work with DC because I think it can. 
But at the end of the day, I just want good movies. So that's what I want to see. Give me good films. If you want to connect them somehow in the end, that's fine. But um, I do think when you're playing, like you said, when you're playing in a sandbox, it does restrict create creativity for the director, the writer, at least a little bit. If you're being told, okay, you have to play with this this time. Like you're being given toys specifically for a film. You or have you can't to play use, with this. Or you can't use right. X, X, and X because we're using it in that film. And I, I what? You know, it just it, yeah. it it shoehorns a little bit. Well, and I think it you does. know the thing was yeah the thing you know with Star Wars too. You've got you know you're playing within an X time frame. You've got movies that are forty years old now, and you know you've got a start point and right. an end point. Nothing that's coming out is happening beyond episode. There's nothing happening after Rise of Skywalker right now because you're playing. It's right. mostly happening within the time of you know that episode between six and seven. That that seems to be the most ripe for storytelling, and that's where they're going. Um, or between three and four, you know, between the trilogies. Right is the way yes. to do it. So I, don't know I what you know he's that saying. he's just yeah. throwing out numbers. <laughs> I, I knew that I knew that was coming. I knew that was going to come. But you know, <laughs> I numbers at this point. I love I I love Star Wars but Star Wars fans some like Star Wars Eric fans try too, my huh? patient. Yeah. Okay. They, I love it but they uh <laughs> I do love Eric's stuff. It's just some of the some of the st- nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. I think Eric you might have been the one that said that or I can't remember who said that but it is so I, true. I think it's it's a hundred percent true. It's, it's so true. It's it's crazy true with that statement. Uh, but yeah, it's a hundred percent true. So, all right, let's move on a little bit. The CW, as we know, as it is, is coming to a close. But one show is going to stick, and we mentioned it before, and it is Superman and Lois. So they're saying it has one or two more seasons left. Uh, that's what Safran and Gunn said, and. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, I'm a big fan of the show. Pete, I think you are too. But Chris, are you yep, a fan of, of? Love it. I right. love it. Um, I was, you know, I'm glad there, I wish they would let it go a little longer before turning to the movie, but I get it. Super, you want Superman on the big screen. Um, but I'm a big, you mean, talk about taking something that's tried and true and making it different at the same time. I mean, I really feel like they've kind of hit that Goldilocks zone where it's the Superman we all know and love, but it's also different because now he's a family man. He's got kids. He's married. Um, I think that was that's just a perfect pickup point. I, this is the series, you know, is what I wish they would have done with, you know, done in a movie. But you know, I don't think we're going to see a, a Superman with kids in the Gunverse. Maybe I'm wrong, um, but I, I I love the series. That's we can we can debate the act, we can date Hucklin all all we want, but I mean, just in terms of um, aesthetic, I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, this is great news. Uh, I mean, you know, hey, look. I'm with you. I would have liked it to go a few more seasons. You know, I mean, I'm really enjoying it. Maybe it will. Who knows? Maybe the show picks up some more viewers along the way and that they, they just forces their hands and they have to make some more, but, or maybe there's a plan and it's only supposed to go four seasons. I don't know. But all I know is that the show's successful. People enjoy it. And it's one of the few things that is going to be kept around, you know, like it, it's kind of funny, you know, the flash is ending. The CW is sold. They're moving uh, in a different direction. Um, and maybe we'll see, maybe this will just be an HBO max show going forward. Um, after all said and done with a CW, but, uh, I, I'm really into it. Um, I, they've done a lot of cool things. I wasn't sure how Superman as a dad would work on screen. It was really well. Uh, I like everything they've done with steel, John Henry Irons. It's great to finally see him in live action, uh, outside of, uh, the shack movie. <laughs> um, well, so it's yeah. really good to see steel and that's a, I wish he just didn't look like he was from halo. But, uh, you know, it's the, such a good character. Take. Yeah, such a good character. Uh, so I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And I'm, I'm 
I've never really loved Sam Lane more than I have in this show. I'll tell you that much. So it's, uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's been, a, it's been fun to watch. It's been a great journey and I, I've really enjoyed it. It's, I think it's going to be one of the better CW. I think it'll rival Arrow when all said and done, just as overall story, you know, you know, Arrow seemed to be one of the most consistent without with a couple seasons. Flash has its up and downs, maybe lasted nine years. And uh, I think Superman Lois will uh, end up being one of the better uh, shows out of that Berlanti verse there. I think it's it gave us, right, it gave us, yeah, and it gave us a Superman on screen when we were dying for one, yeah. right? Like everyone kind of wanted, was hoping to see Superman, and they gave us the show. And uh, yeah, I mean, I remember talking about the lead up to it. Uh, is it like Pete says, is it going to work with him as a family? You know, being a family man is how they're going to go about it. It's going to, but they, we knew they were moving back to Smallville. So that was another thing like, okay, it's not in Metropolis. So how is this going to work out? I thought how they handled that transition, uh, explaining that part of when they moved back, I thought in the beginning of the show was fantastic. So I've really, really enjoyed it. And I'm glad we're going to get at least two more seasons. It sounds like uh, he said a couple. I, mean, I could just be speak, but that's what he said. So, yep. Interestingly enough, the show has like survived its own little bit of like multiverse troubles as well. Like this show is a complete different character than the Tyler Hoechlin Superman we saw on Supergirl. You know, like you're not going to see Melissa Benoist pop up in this show. Um, So, you know, and they just kind of went with it. They just were like, hey, look, it's a different show, different Earth, uh, same Superman. This is it. We're going to go cast. (laughs) We're going to cast the rest of the show. You know, they didn't put too much time in explaining it. They just said, here's our show. This is what it is. And uh, take the information how you want or not or whatever, but this is what we're going to give you. And uh, I kind of give them a lot of credit for that. You know, a lot of people always are with all the connectivity and everyone wanted to connect to something. This kind of doesn't connect to anything. (laughs) And they just said, screw it. We're going to make it anyway. Yeah. And it's worked. Like yeah. I said, it's worked. I don't. Again, I don't know if that's because people just wanted something Superman, so they're they're accepting this. I think it's a, it's as, a good show. But I, I like agree with you. I think Mark it's a good said show. it's different. So, well, one show they didn't comment on hasn't even come out yet, and they talked about Gotham Knights. They were asked about Gotham Knights, and neither of them said anything. So, because when you're talking about the greatest TV show to ever be created, there's nothing to <laughs> oh, say. Oh boy! All right. I can't wait until episode one drops and all of you are running to read my review. <laughs> Well, I'm going to watch it. I will watch the first episode of Gotham CW Knights. is back before it ends. Oh, because I just, I'm int- like, I'm intrigued with what I've heard of the show so far. I'm intrigued how they're going to execute it. That's what yeah, I'm, I'm so intrigued excited. about. Yeah. I'm so excited to be so. disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I probably will be as well. Chris, do you have any anticipation or do you just think it's going to suck like everyone else? I it's going to be the Nickelback of TV shows. Um, it's, I, I don't know other way <laughs> to describe. It's going to have it. a really good fan base. I just watched the. I just I saw the trailer and I was like, oh no. I I, I feel like the people who made that who made the video game because people are going to make that thing by so make an association yeah, there. They want that. Just say probably just went son of a bitch. You know, like yeah, oh, yeah crap, this is better you know, than our. Yeah. This is the storyline's better than ours. You know, like yeah. oh my god, this is the greatest thing to happen to Batman since Nolan. This is incredible. <laughs> Gotham Knights is going to take the world by storm. Yeah, like yeah. a hurricane. It's going to destroy exactly. Everything. It's going to, yep, it's going to be a destructive oh. hurricane. That's yeah. what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. They also Saffron and Gunn also talked. Well, Saffron did specifically talked about Batgirl. This is the movie oh. that will oh. not this movie go, won't away. go away. I thought it was Kiss. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. But he said he saw the movie. There are a lot of incredibly talented people in front of and behind the camera in that film, but it was not releasable. 
and it happens sometimes. Now he kind of clarifies it later when he says that um, it was made for the small screen and we couldn't release it theatrically. Well, they put it on that's kind of well, that's I, what it was, was made for exactly. Right. I took this as. This is like the old Captain America movie with the Italian Red Skull. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, like, yeah, oh so that's, yeah. what, that's what this looked like. Good call, guys. Again, good call. Not burning the brand like a bunch of idiots wanted just because they wanted a Batgirl movie. I'm bummed on yeah. it only because it's less Keaton. It's less Batman, Michael Keaton, Batman. It's just, you know, I, I would sit through trash just through to see a few minutes of that's the that's how much nostalgia I have for that version of the character. I would sit through garbage, but if it's so bad that it, you know, rubs off on Keaton's Batman, then no, don't release it. But that's just me being a selfish fanboy. And the more I read about it and read into this and what they're saying, and what they're not saying to me, it's the production value, not the story or the acting. I mean, the to firefly me was, suit looks ridiculous. Exactly. Oh, yeah, to me, it was that stuff. Yeah. yeah. To me, it sounds like it was that stuff where they're like, if we put this out, it's going to look like it was made in like 1955 or something like something like that, where it's so bad. Yeah. A lot of people said it's, a, it's got a CW budget. And I was like, but I think the CW looks pretty good. It was Is 80 it just, million. I think the how you, it's how, it's how you use it though. You know, if they do, I guess if so. They, yeah. All that money went to Keaton. Keaton had the $50 million salary. <laughs> and then Frazier probably got a little bit too. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I, I there's a part there's a Barbara Gordon Bat- Batgirl film out there to be told, no doubt. Sure, but I just don't I think know. We'll what, see I just... her in the Gunverse. I um, do too. Yeah, oh yeah, I, definitely. They specifically mentioned Bat Family. Like I imagine in the Brave and the Bold timeline, there's a fully fledged Bat Family running around as we speak: Nightwing, Robin, Red yeah. Robin, uh, and Batgirl. I think that's at least what they give us. Yep, it, and then Leslie Grace also spoke about. Yeah, Leslie Grace also spoke about her uh, the work on the film with Brendan Fraser and how you know they were beating each other up and then they were hugging each other between sets in between takes. So uh, <laughs> sounds like networking, <laughs> right? Exactly. It sounds like it sounds like a, a I mean, very the, elaborate her, form her, of networking. I don't think her suit looked bad. You know, if we're talking about production design, no, her, suit design her suit looked good. But you know, like hearing the rest of it, yeah, I could. I suppose you don't. You don't want to create a cult classic for the wrong reasons, like that Captain America film. And uh, yeah. yeah, that definitely would be, it's a shame because it's it's a character I, I really do like. Yeah. What, no, if would have been, what if it would have been like Flash Gordon? Oh. <laughs> I, I don't think I want oh, that no. either. Oh, no. <laughs> but that movie is a cult classic, like you said. You know, and people reference it in a, what, all like different forms of media. Right? Yeah, well, let's not go there. That's that. That's a painful thing. Uh, <laughs> yep. Bring that back up. So another one, the show, I think the three of us are probably, I know Pete's highly anticipating, of course, is the Penguin series. Oh, yeah. uh, it is. It is coming. And we got a little bit of news from Colin Farrell himself about how long it's going to be. So it's going to be an eight part thing around Oz's rise to power, filling that power vacuum created when Falcone was killed. Matt's idea was to have the Penguin show begin about a week after the end of the Batman film. And if it works, if the trajectory is interesting and the audience goes for it and we do our jobs right, the second Penguin feature will pick up where the HBO show will end. So he says feature. Does that mean they're going to do a movie? Did he mean second Batman feature, maybe? And did they just maybe quote it wrong? Maybe it just means the second appearance of him on, on Yeah, the that's probably, you're probably right. 
Yeah, um, this, this is like obviously the most anticipated thing on my radar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> out of everything, like it, the, the slate means nothing to me because I'm getting a Penguin show outside um, of the Batman Part Two. Yes. <laughs> well, I got to get through the Penguin to get to yeah. Batman. Oh, so that's right true. Now it's all this is true. Fair, <laughs> fair play. Fair play. The fair domino play. effect has to take place. Uh, that's true. Um, Math is eight hard. episodes. That's <laughs> that sounds great. This is going to be. I mean, this is uh, right up my alley hbo yep. penguin eight episodes this is going to be a bloodbath like no other i can't wait i wonder who else is going to pop up uh from the underground of gotham but i you know uh i, I was asked recently do i think uh batman bruce wayne would appear in the show i don't think we're going to get too much batman but i think you'll see a lot of uh, gordon i think gordon or at least some i think gordon and bach will be two of the guys that'll kind of connect the the three things, Batman, Batman 2, Penguin, you know, I think the, the law enforcement connection there because they're going to be heavily involved in probably trying to figure out what's going on now. Like they're, they're, they're draining the river of Gotham and they're trying to, you know, stop the, the floodgate, like the crime floodgates. So um, I, I'm excited. I can't wait. This is going to be one of those magical things. I really do. I, I really think is Farrell just really blew us away with like eight minutes of footage, you know? And uh, yeah, I, I couldn't, I, mean, believe, I couldn't believe that sitting in that theater, um, how God, just how he looked and just the, I'm like, that's Colin right. Farrell. Yeah. Like how, how yeah. I know the, the makeup I know. design. I was yeah, the same way. It was just, it just, it was un, un, I'm, I'm excited for this one too. Um, I would like to see as long as we could, if we get Gordon, I want some Martinez in there too. Um, yeah. I, I, I some I, Martinez if, in there too. I think that's a, if we were in a golf precinct, I imagine to see some familiar faces, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Were, you're right, Chris. They were setting something up. Uh, I agree with you there. Martinez so, was in there way too much to not, you know, yeah, something. Yep. He's, he's the real Joker. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to again, we're going to see uh, if, if it's an extension of the story, which it definitely sounds like it is, then this could probably be labeled uh, Batman 1.5. Or the this Batman is the 1. sequel 5. to the Batman as far as oh, I'm yeah. concerned. <laughs> right. Well, like, that's, that's what yeah, I mean. If you said if you see Batman, it's just going to be like they'll cut to a TV of something. And they'll show, oh, the Batman was spotted here. Or you'll see. Yeah. You might see Bruce Wayne like TV footage. That's and I mean that it'd be cheap to shoot with pants and you don't have to pay him a ton of money for that amount of time. Um, or they can just recycle un, unused stuff from the Batman. I don't know. But I just I, I, I cannot wait. For, I just I I was hoping the DCU stuff could wait a while um, because I just I want more of this Matt Reeves verse. But I get it. I really do. Of why they're doing it now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean th- this. It's weird to me, like we like we were just talking before, how it's been almost a year uh, since. But if to me, it feels like so much. Th- it's been longer than that. Um, yeah. Feels like it. You know, like I think with, because <laughs> of all the news going around, everything else, I feel like it's been even longer than a year that this movie came out. Uh, so I'm very, very looking forward to the Penguin. I even when it was first announced, I was looking forward to it. I wish they would have done the other Catwoman show they were talking about with with Zoe Kravitz, but yeah, you know, I don't. That doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon, anyway. But maybe she'll I mean, show maybe, up. Maybe that's uh, what happens could. after the Batman two. Who knows? Yeah, you know, maybe that's the bridge between two and three. I mean, yeah, or I mean, it could be another character. A Catwoman series in Bloodhaven would be, I think, a phenomenal. You know, oh, you you it'd be its own thing while still being connected. Like there'd be so much there. I think you know if if she ended up going to Bloodhaven because you know that was one place she mentioned at the end of the film. Uh, yeah. But I think that would be a there's 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 so much playground here that that's why I was a little upset about getting the Brave and the Bold announced. But I I cannot wait for more of this. <laughs> yeah. So it's coming, and 
and uh you know look out for it because i i definitely will be and we will of, of course we will keep you guys up to date on any of the news surrounding the penguin the batman 2 or anything else uh regarding the reeves universe that's really and what any it is other books that eric is going to publish between now and uh... <laughs> all right so a uh, one character or one guy who uh, plays a role in the mcu who has a history with james gunn um made a pitch to play a dc character to james gunn and i'm talking about dave batista who as we know plays drax in the guardians of the galaxy in the mcu he made a pitch to james gunn about playing bane in the new universe so what do you guys think would uh bautista make a good bane i think he would i think i think he would would make a good bane i just don't think he wants to do movies like this anymore like he seems like so it it feels like jennifer lawrence and mystique like he feels so tired by playing drax and putting on all that makeup that i think he's kind of done with this kind of genre or at least heavy prosthetic Uh, he still pitched pitched it though Uh, well it's like he pitched it a while ago I oh, went yeah. to Warner Brothers and said, I want to be Bane. And they said, well, we're not doing Bane. And then he mentioned to James Gunn and James Gunn told him what he was doing. And he's like, oh, I'm probably not going to be around for that. Which is, you know, uh, like he kind of, they, they talked about it and, uh, yeah. you know, it just wasn't like good timing, which stinks because I think he'd be a phenomenal actor. I think Hardy killed it though. Like, so like, I'm not really like craving Bane right now. I'm still loving what I got from Rises. Um, so I'd like to see a fresh or new character get uh, some time in the spotlight in a Batman movie. But, um, he, it's crazy to me though, because he talks about how oh I wouldn't be able to do it, and th- he did this pitch in twenty twenty one. Literally, yeah, he was I, like, I, I also ago. think a lot of time has passed. Like I said, I think the Drax <laughs> stuff kind of weighed heavy on him. He talks about how he's really excited to move past that part of That's his career, true. and he wants yeah. to, he wants to do like rom coms. Like I saw an article like Bautista is like uh, trying to uh, you know position himself to do rom coms because he he thinks he doesn't get cast in those movies for some reason. He was pretty good in the in Knives Out sequel. Okay, uh, so Glass Onion. He, he was definitely good wants to do other things. Like it's kind of so. interesting how he like has aspirations. You know, I I, I still think of him as a wrestler. Like I always kind of forget. Of course, he's a guy yeah. now. of course, yeah. Uh, he's de- he has developed as an actor though, and he's working on his craft. Which major props? He might be the know, best wrestling actor ever. To be honest with you, oh. you think he's you don't so you don't like Cena uh, more? Do I? No, Cena. I, I think Cena's good. I, I said he's. I think Cena's actually a lot better than I thought he was. I like Cena since he was in that Schumer movie, but uh, yeah, I think Bautista's just a better actor than him. You know, you'd oh, put him over the rock. And I, yeah, I would. <laughs> Rock's just got wow. Hmm. That's fair. That's a fair. That that's a good. Those three obviously are the best. Three that we got. Don't wrong. Other wrestlers who have acted like Triple H was in Blade Three. Stone Cold Steve Austin did a bunch of those WWE movies. So did Kane. So like, there's been a few wrestling act. Oh, uh, Hulk Hogan was in was it like Beach Kid? What was that movie? No Holds Barred. Surf Ninja. Yeah, he was in Surf Ninja Three or something like that. He was in a Muppet movie too. Yeah, yeah, so like, he, 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 he starred in No Holes Barred. He, he was I'll a star in that movie. <laughs> Oh, jeez. I'm dating myself, but that's uh, the yeah. movie I remember him in. I am a real American. With, with Zeus. Zeus was in... He fought Zeus so, in No Holes Barred. Let's, let's be honest. Like, the roles... Like, the best roles have either gone to Cena <laughs> or, or, the, or Batista. You, it's the charismatic guys, right? That's who they go with. Yeah. Was Bautista charismatic as a wrestler? I don't know. I didn't watch that. No, I just think he fell into a role playing Drax that was perfect. Mm-hmm. Like for his, that what he is. And I agree with Chris. He's worked on his craft. He's gotten a lot better as an actor. So Vin Diesel yeah. looks like he should have been a wrestler. He acts like a wrestler. Yeah. 
Like in yeah. the movie, he act, he's as bad as a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a guy again yeah. who fell um, fell into uh, a role. Even though in Boiler, he was good in Boiler Room. Did you guys ever see Boiler Room? I liked him in Riddick, the first one. No. Yeah, the first Riddick. Chronicles, Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, the first Riddick is good. Yeah. Well, Boiler Room is Giovanni Rubisi. Ben Affleck's in that too, actually. Oh. Uh, it's about, yeah, it's about uh, these, Giovanni Rubisi's character runs a, uh, a casino out of his apartment in Queens and it gets busted up. Or no, like these two guys come in and they're traders and they work for this this place. I forget the name of the uh, the trader um, trading house, but what happens is it winds up being fake and Wow. Stuff falls from there. But uh, Vin Diesel was in that. Uh, like I said, Ben Affleck, um, Giovanni Rubisi, Neil Long. A bunch of good. If you ever get a chance to watch it, give it a watch. It's pretty good. So, all right. So Seth Rogen is, has come in and has added his opinion to the whole uh, MCU. <laughs> is What is the MCU? Is it good for us, basically? <laughs> Um, and he claims that he feels the MCU is a bit too geared toward children for his taste. But he also says, as we know, he's one of the uh, producers and creators of The Boys on Amazon Prime. He also gives credit, says that they would not, that show would not exist if uh, the MCU wasn't so successful. So what did you guys think of that? This is, like I said, this is the most mature take on this that I've heard. Because while he di- he is kind of saying, yeah, I think it's a little silly and funny, he's also giving it the props that it deserves in, in the grand scheme of things uh, and, you know, what it's done for him personally. I think he's 100% correct. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, just, yep. I just If you look at what Marvel's been doing, their movies are so kid-friendly, especially since the Disney era, that yep. like, that's, to me, that's why they make constantly billions and billions of dollars. Not because they're A-list movies, but because parents can just bring their kids and it's kind of mindless dribble at some point you know whereas like the dc movies like a movie like suicide squad which i know it came out during the pandemic which is a great movie but like you can't take a kid to see that there's just too much it's just language alone you know and that's where the disney effect takes place like they just they do things to be more accessible to a larger audience and superheroes and kids go hand in hand so right I, i'm not surprised he made the statement but it, he's right in all aspects including the one he said about the boys like you know it, the MCU kind of helped kick off the, uh, the this whole like wave of golden era CBM. So I, I don't think he's wrong at all, but I think he's, he's, but I also think he's being very genuine about it. What about you? Chris? Yeah, I, I, I would, I would agree. Um, I think the arc of, you know, 99% of the Marvel movies. Yes. I mean, I think the arc of infinity war Endgame, and then even Spider-Man far from home dealing with the death of Tony Stark, I think got a little into heavier stuff. And I thought maybe that's the way they were going to go. Um, and maybe even Spider-Man No Way Home a little bit towards the end, you know, a little bit. But I think that overall, though, yes, I think he's 100% correct. Um, if you want a movie that's just good, pop- I hate calling it popcorn flicks because it sounds like an insult. Um, but I feel like if you just want to sit down, have a good time with the theater, you know, watch watch a movie, you know, the, the MCU is great. If you want to sit down, be challenged in a lot, I don't want to say that either, but. Movies that'll make you think a little bit. You know, you want to enjoy a film versus a movie. That's where the DC movies come in. Um, especially, you know, like Wonder Woman. You know, the Batman is a great example of that. You know, yeah. they're more adult friendly. Um, I, I, more mature. You know, I, that's where I think, you know, movie versus film. are. I think a movie and a film are two different things. A movie's more 
something enjoyable, you know, have a good time. A film is something where you're going to have more of a deep emotional experience, so to speak. And I think that's where, that's where DC should carve out their niche. And I, hopefully that's what they do with the gun verse, but that's where Nolan had it. And I think that's where we, that's where Matt Reeves is clearly going with it. Uh, and I hope that's kind of the way they go to continue. Cause that's their niche, not to try to be all marvely. Well, I think I, I, I think the DCU has to kind of not obviously replicate Marvel, but it has to be softer. Yeah, a little uh, softer. If, yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, ultra dark. I think because Snyder, I think, went too dark. But just don't be bubblegum. Don't be bubblegum. Or that either, yes. I mean, we look at it as adults, right? We're, we're looking at these things as adults, but you got to also think of, like, the kids in, in this whole equation. And that's why the MCU is so popular is because you can bring a family to it. You can bring a family to those films. Whereas the DC stuff, I wouldn't bring a kid to see the Batman. I mean, nope. de- depending on this age, I would not do that. That's not something I would do. But that, and I think you have to have that now. If you want these kids to gravitate again to, to a Superman, to a Batman, not that they're not, but to just kind of put it on that level playing field, I think you have to soften the, the portrayal of these characters a little bit. Um, but it, let's be honest, the Zack Snyder went real heavy and it didn't resonate with adults. Yep. So, <laughs> I mean, well, and you, you can know, still you have, have kid accessible, example. and you can still have kid accessible yeah. Batman. I mean, maybe that's what the Brave and the Bold will be. I don't know. Um, the Cape Crusader series. Hope, hope to God somebody buys that, um, and we see right. that. I mean, there's definitely you know, Batman the animated series. You know, was happening at the same time. You know, just as Returns was coming out, and I think that kind of struck the happy medium in terms of tone. Forget you know right. animation versus film, but I mean in terms of tone, I think that struck the right balance. Um, so this is where I think maybe having two Batman on film is a good idea, but you know, can the audience separate the two at the same time is the other challenge. So I, I, I see where, I see where you're coming from on that, Eric. I, I you definitely got to be able to have get kids introduced to the characters for sure. Yep. And Rogan also went on to, you know, explain the whole, how now things are kind of separated. You have cinema and then you, or you just have like audiovisual entertainment, which is what yes, the kind of lump to see. Right, yeah, which you kind of lump the CBMs into uh, now, and I, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I do, th- I, although I do think some CBMs are are also cinematic, like you said, the Batman. Oh yeah. Um, you could put oh, Captain yeah. America: Winter Soldier in there. Yep. Um, you know, movies like that where you know adults, if you're looking to have a little bit something more there, where it's not just oh look, it, things are blowing up and <laughs> people are flying and fights. Uh, you know, you could have that kind of a uh, uh, discussion. But it was, yeah, it was very interesting. But like I said, of all the people who have spoken on it, like Cameron's always been like, blah, blah, blah. And Scorsese too, like, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. He's, his I answer was, was Cameron that he wasted all my time with his stupid Avatar movies. <laughs> Did you see uh, it yet? Have no, you I don't want to see it. I don't care about I have, it. I, want, I don't know anybody that has seen movies. it yet. This movie has made billions and billions of dollars. So I've I am super it. confused. I've never saw the first <laughs> one, to be honest. Um, oh, I saw both. I saw uh, the first one. It was boring as hell. I like the first one better than the second one. A lot of people argue with me on that. I just think somebody the story was richer me, in the first one. So somebody told me the first like one that. is a great one to see in IMAX, but be drunk out of your be drunk to see it, and then it's a hell of a ride. <laughs> I, yeah, that, visually, but. if you like, see, that's the funny thing because to me, Avatar could be tasked as a the audiovisual worldwide entertainment stuff that Cameron was kind of saying it's not. You know. So that's yeah. the funny part for me. When I hear him say that, I'm like, dude, you may just made these movies that are visual spectacles and I could give a crap sometimes about what's going on in the movie itself. You don't even care. So 
yeah, it was just an interesting thing. Another, again, another person speaking on it, someone respected in the industry, an actor, an actor and producer, director. Now he's, he has, he wears all those hats and just seeing that specific take on it and the way he portrayed it, like you guys said, is very, very mature and, you know, the best, the best take I've heard yet, uh, if you're going to address that topic. Yep. So I agree with all of that crap. So I think we're going to, oh, let's talk about one more thing. Let's talk about one more thing. I know I the world. The I don't want to talk about the robe. No, not the robe. I know the world is going to be sad to hear, but Pennyworth has been canceled. So uh, I, I never even got a chance to start. I've been saying I wanted nope. to. It's on my nope, binge list, but uh, it's actually pretty good from what I hear. People I really liked enjoy it. it. Yeah. Um, so I'll have to start good. it. The fact it's only three seasons makes it very. It's very, very bingeable to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Very bingeable, but yes, as long as, as long as the quality is good enough, otherwise it's cringeable. It's, I mean, it's for it's weird because it's from Bruno Heller who created Gotham as well, uh, yeah. so it's weird that his name is attached to it. And uh, yeah, because first- that show is probably the biggest stain in the history of not only <laughs> Batman but television. You put that and over it is a pre- Batman and Robin, huh? Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin looks like Nolan crafted it out of clay. <laughs> I would agree. Okay, I'm glad to know I'm not. Production wise, I totally agree. Yes, production wise, I, I think content wise, they're both on the same level for me. But production wise, yes, one is a movie. It's had more money put into it, but I think they're I've both never, ridiculous. I have <laughs> never, du- I have never, du- I have never duplicated the yelp or whatever noise came out of my mouth when. You see Batman, and for that one second at the end of that show, oh, it's bad. A noise came. A noise I, came out of my mouth that I am not sure what it I, was, nor have I been able to duplicate it since. I do remember the first episode when they killed the Waynes. I was like, "Oh wow, that was really bloody and brutal for TV, especially network TV." And then after that, everything was just like I was impressed. It was downhill from straight there. downhill. Yeah, I was like, "Oh man, like yeah." Oof. But it, it's the it's the origin of that that Alfred. Yes, um, yes. It's the art. It's the origin, and it really was the. I, that was the one thing. One of the things I really liked about Gotham was that version. I wonder of if the old man pops up at the end of the show. Like, did they know they were going to cancel? Do they kind of, or did they just get the? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I wonder I if he know. popped up at all because he was pretty good. That guy, Pertwee, was good. Yeah, yeah. Sean Pertwee was good. So, but we've come to the end of the line, guys. Sounds for this good. one, go Eagles. Sad to say. So. <laughs> So, Chris, tell people where they can interact with you. If you have anything to plug, you want to plug, do that now. So I am so I am on Twitter at Chris Burke, uh, K-R-I-S is how I spell my first name. Um, I'll be I'll be, actually I've got something stewing right now for BOF right now that I've got to uh, hammer out this weekend. Uh, you can also see me on Acme Packing Company. I've stepped back a little bit with my new job a little bit in terms of the uh, writing part, just trying to get settled. It was a complete career change for me trying to get settled into that, plus making sure I'm not doing any conflict of interest type things because, uh, you know, right. we have a sports department at the station. So, you know, there's there's plenty of content now in terms of number 12, thankfully. So, <laughs> um, but again, it's, uh, thank you guys very much for having me. Uh, it's, this has been a blast. Uh, a lot more fun now, now that I've actually interacted with you two guys offline, in person. You know, it definitely <laughs> adds a little more, another layer to it. Um but yeah, that that is my plug, and um, I'm a big big fan of your podcast. You know, I've been able to delve a lot more into entertainment um, stuff now that I'm working in news. It's kind of a good outlet for me from dealing with the craziness of the world, so to speak. Um, so I appreciate what you guys do, and everybody at Batman on Film. It's uh, thank you, great great group of guys. Uh, said it last year. I'll say it again. Thrilled to be part of it. 
Thank you. It's good to have you aboard. Yeah, man. And anytime you want to come on, let us know. We'll, we'll love yeah, to have it, you on um, again. So. Yeah, we got three three more years to the Batman Part Two. Uh, cannot wait. Uh, Matt Reeves, I have complete trust in. Um, Countdown begins again, and this this is the best part. You know, the, it seemed like the second film in a trilogy is the best time as a fan of it because you know you got the first film that tied you over, and the second one you're expecting. You know, just the mm-hmm. hype is so fun. So these are gonna be a fun few years. I agree. I can't wait. All right, Pete, you're up. Uh, you can follow me on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, Mastodon, Vero, um, what, and what other uh, TikTok, Snapchat, FlipFlob, Tibblob, <laughs> and all, any other stupid social media apps. Uh, at you Peter, have a Twitter. TikTok page? Uh, well, yeah, that's how I put the music on my Hasbula videos. I use TikTok. I was going to say it's got okay. Hasbula highlights, yeah. It's definitely Hasbula. I, 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 well, speaking of Hasbula, I run the largest Hasbula fan page based out of <laughs> New Jersey on Instagram. You can follow me if you love Hasbula there. Um, check me out. I'm, uh, all, I, all, I have a news podcast. That's this podcast you listen to right now, Straight to Gotham. I co-host that with Jimmy of Long Island, the Coli. Follow us at straight underscore O underscore G. Uh, we have a Facebook group and a Facebook fan page. Chris is, Chris follows both. He loves both. If you want to interact with us, you want to interact with him, uh, that's the place to do it. Uh, that's where all our news gets posted as well as our Twitter feed. Uh, you can follow my other podcast, the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast. I do that with, with uh, Nicholas and Nico Caruso. Uh, that is at, at Italians for Spidey on Twitter at Team Yellow Oval. Uh, we're gearing up now. Keaton's going to make an appearance at the Super oh, Bowl. Yeah. I imagine he's going to spread like uh, like COVID. That's how that's how contagious wow. COVID is. Oh, jeez! I said it. I went there. I don't care. Come at me. I, don't I, think, care. I, I love think, a good I, hater. And I think we're going to get Yellow Oval and Brave and the Bold. I'm going to make a I'm going to make a bold. I, I hope so. No pun intended. See. Um, with, a, with a black so, I'm all over BOF. We're going to see that. Damn right. Boom over BatmanFilm.com, BOF YouTube, toy reviews, interviews, all that good stuff over there. Um, just, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's chit chat some bat chat. It's the best time to be a bat fan. We're getting, geez, I feel like at some point we're going to have five Batman on film at some point <laughs> between the Flash and the Brave and the Bold and the Batman. So it's, if anyone's, if anyone is uh, very rich, it's us bat fans. So we're getting a lot of stuff. So I'm excited. Great, great. Uh, never so, a bad time to be a bat fan, but this is the best time. Never, Absolutely. never. Coli. Yes. Speak to your people. <laughs> you guys can hit me up on Twitter at finally33, spell finale33. If you are a fan of the New York Knicks, I do a New York Knicks live stream every Wednesday night called All Nicked Up. If you want to interact with that account on Twitter, it's at all underscore nicked underscore up. Uh, come, definitely come and talk to me there. Uh, it's been an interesting season for the Knicks. So, uh, you know, they, find, they have an all-star again. Julius Randle was just named to the all-star team. So it's been it's been a, kind of a oh, bounce back Brunson? year. Yeah, I was upset about oh. that too. I thought Brunson deserved it, but yeah. okay. but uh, Randall got it, so it's whatever. Uh, what else do I want to tell you guys about? Oh, yes, I'm in. I Pete, I haven't told you this either, so I'll just launch it now. Oh my god, you're quitting! <laughs> no, I'm in <laughs> discussions with with a couple of other podcast creators about setting up the next Iceberg Lounge. So uh, we will be setting that up. So hopefully, sometime within the next month or so. Are you telling me that uh, Steve Helm from Texas Talk Like This is going to be on the podcast? <laughs> he might be. He might be one of the people uh, hopping on the show. Good timing. Uh, the yes. series coming for that to launch. Absolutely good timing. Yeah. Good timing. <laughs> yeah, it's something we haven't done in a while. We really need to get back to doing it. Uh, so, and it's got a whole different vibe. It's much cooler than. Uh, That's because not- we're all drunk. Yeah, we it's a it's a late not a late night show, but it's a night show that we do, and it's a lot more fun. So be on the lookout for that, guys. Uh, we will give you more details as I get them, and as Pete and I discuss the logistics of how we're going to put it together. 
his schedule, my schedule. I got to make sure we can make it work. So we are, but we're, but it's in the planning phases. So uh, we're looking forward to doing that as well and getting the Iceberg Lounge back uh, in everyone's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Mind, I guess. Put, put it back in everyone's mind. So All if right. there's nothing else, we can close this one down, guys. So any closing remarks? All right. Well, Chris, thank you again for coming on and, and lending your expertise, your football expertise and discussing that with us and then helping us out, go through the weekly uh, rundown that we have. Yep. We've always appreciate it. Appreciate right, you guys having you me. Um, it's a blast. It's a good time, man. Good time. Yep. Again, anytime you want to come on, let us know. We'd lucky. Lovely. I can't talk. It would be great to have you back. <laughs> appreciate it. So I mean, it's Chris- a Aaron Rodgers detox after. So good call. <laughs> <laughs> Ayahuasca, maybe I'll do maybe I'll do ayahuasca on, on the next episode. We'll do that. Oh boy. <laughs> That's a whole yes, if you do that, we want you on the episode because we, we have a ton of fun talking don't about show the, that. Don't show the video, it'll be projectile vomiting, I'm sure. Oh jeez. <laughs> Great. It's bad. Read, I don't that the note. On that note, for Chris and Pete, I'm Eric. You're listening straight out of Gotham, and we'll see you next time. Booyah!